Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to my podcast, 24's Podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. A lot of stuff to talk about today. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about college football, Joe Burrow versus Clemson. Even though I wanted Clemson to win, you know, we're going to talk about Joe Burrow and I watched a little bit of the game yesterday, not not yet not yesterday actually, today actually. We watched some of the game yesterday. Doesn't matter. Saw some of the game, got some final thoughts on Joe Burrow before he enters the NFL draft. We're going to be talking about some of the NFL coaching hirings and we're going to be looking at depth some of these coaches that I I just don't think they deserve a job in the NFL. We're going to be talking about the Rooney Rule. We're going to be talking about Patrick Mahomes because Kansas City, they're looking to sign him. We're going to be talking about the Houston Texans because I think they're a horrible team, specifically at the owner position. We're going to talk about Antonio Brown. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff right here on 24's Podcast. So before we get started with, hold on, let me write Burrow's name so that way I can remember to go in and talk about a lot of this stuff. Before I get in-depth into the NFL and football and some some basketball stuff and stuff like that, you're going to be hearing this, by the way, a lot. You're going to be hearing that a lot. That's my notes. I write down a lot of stuff because I'm old. So today... And I didn't even I didn't even know this was going on today. The WNBA and uh, the, the WNBA and the players they agreed to a to a contract signing or a new CBA. They've been trying to they've been trying to negotiate that for really a long long time. I don't know when, but I mean they've been they've been pretty much trying to do it for like the last couple of years. So they've been trying to negotiate a, a new CBA. Apparently, for some players, it's going to double or triple their salary. And considering, you know, I, 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 I could, I'm very, very pro player. I'm very, very pro playing player. I mean, if you didn't know that, I've, I've literally been lobbying for Dak Prescott to get paid literally before the podcast got started. I mean, since pretty much last April, maybe early March, maybe mid to late March, somewhere around there, literally have been lobbying for this dude to get paid. I, pay, I I want players to get paid, and I constantly use the analogy of like gladiators and arenas, uh, ke- <coughs> <coughs> sacrificing their bodies, their minds, stuff like that. Like they're not going to be the same coming out of their their peak in their career. So I want them to get paid because they're, they're literally sacrificing their bodies for my for my entertainment. Excuse me, which is why I want a lot of players to get paid. I think I, I mentioned that a lot of the times on the podcast, just just so we're clear on this, because I know that the WNBA, it's a sticky subject. I know that the uh, how how they've been negotiating specifically for their new paycheck has also been specifically uh, very very controversial. I'll try and give you my opinion and some thoughts I had on the collective bargaining agreement that they agreed to either late last night or early this morning, and my thoughts are, uh. I, I I don't like it. 
I don't like it. I'm not one of these dudes that like I, I watch I watch a lot of surprise. <laughs> I, I don't try to. I don't try to be like, you know, I'm gonna tune into the WNBA and watch and watch uh female sports and stuff like that. I it never really crosses my mind. Uh for some people it is about female sports. For like I watch the entire uh women's soccer uh the the national team go on and win uh the FIBA World Cup. I mean, I watched that new documentary on Netflix, Cheer, which is all about uh, the uh, you know the cheer team of Navarro College, which is like a community college in Corsicana, Texas. I watched. I don't think I've watched the WNBA. Yeah, I watched some WNBA games, uh, but I didn't watch the championship. I don't even know. I think it was like in August or September, and I was like, football, football, football. I would. <laughs> I'm like, I would rather watch preseason than WNBA basketball. But my point is, is that I do watch. Some I probably watch significantly more female sports than the majority of people because the majority of people don't watch female athletics, if I'm honest with you. But when I when I watch certain female athletes, and specifically when I watched the cheer documentary, I was very, very shocked and surprised that a lot of the female athletes, their bodies, they were conditioned for whatever they needed to do. If you were a flyer, actually, I shouldn't even use the technical terms. If you got thrown up in the air, you're going to be skinny. Like if, if you're doing baskets, which is pretty much they throw you throw you in the air, you're going to be stupidly skinny, right? You're going to look like a track a track sprinter, excuse me. If you're one of these girls that's going to support the other girls in the pyramids, like you know how you saw like in middle school, the girls would stand on each other's backs, and the low and the lowest girls were you know the girls on the lowest of the pyramid, they would pretty much be the biggest girls. Remember that? Like if you were one of those girls that supported the other girls in that TV show, you were going to be a little bit thicker, a little bit bigger. You would pretty much look like an MMA fighter. You would look like a fighter. You would have mass, but you would also be toned. And that's what a lot of the girls that were supporting other girls on the pyramid. They also had dudes that were pretty much acting like the girls at the bottom of the pyramid, holding up all these girls and throwing them in the air. And some of them, if you're a big dude, if you're not like, if you're not toned, if you're not like, if you're, you're pretty much like an offensive lineman, right? You're a big guy, but you're in shape, right? Like a lot of people, there's this, you know, there's this misnomer with offensive linemen where, you know, if you're an offensive lineman, you're not in shape. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of offensive linemen that can run and that are in shape. And they may not have six packs, but, you know, they're they're pretty big and they're pretty strong. And they're pretty they're, – they, let me put it to you like this. They could probably – they're probably in better shape than most fat dudes in America. It's just how it is. But my point being is that when I watch that TV show, a lot of the athletes, a lot of the cheerleaders, they're in the proper shape. They're in the shape – that you would expect cheerleaders to be at be in to be like to do certain jobs to do certain to play certain positions essentially right like wide receivers and tight ends and running backs they all have different height and weights and they all are uh, they they all lift weights differently and they all have different contact if we're going with that football analogy again same thing goes with cheerleading different different positions they have different heights they're different weights stuff like that in the WNBA They're they're not they're not like. Is there a basketball game? Is there like a WNBA game going on right now? No, it, the season doesn't start until April. But whenever I watch like a WNBA game, I'm like, none of these girls they look, they look like they're in shape, you know. Specifically, the shape 
of the position, like the the shape of the position that they are playing, right? Like if that makes sense. Like whenever I watch, I'm just gonna type in a WNBA game, right? I'm gonna watch some of these girls. Like none of these girls, they look like they're in in like in great shape, you know. And I'm not saying that the reason why they shouldn't get paid is because they're not, you know, they're not in great shape or whatever. It's just, it's just like, there are certain things that make basketball popular. And there are certain plays that I can show you where you're like, well, that's a cool play. That's a cool, you know, yeah, yeah, they're all on, yeah. Like, they're just tall. Like, some of the girls are tall, some of the girls are skinny, but... Like, conditioning, it's not, it's not a part of their repertoire. At least in my opinion. Especially for a sport like this, where it's just, it's constant, it's, it's constant movement, it's kind of like a cardio, it's, it's, it is like a, it's, it's like, it is like cardio, it's, it's a lot of cardio, it's a lot of running up and down the court, and you have to be conditioned, but it's not like, it's not to the level that I, I would have expected, especially when I'm, when I talk about some of the girls on the cheerleading show looking like MMA fighters, like, you know, they have defined six packs, they're a little bit toned, and MMA fighters being very similar, like, like, usually, when I, like, a good example of a, of a UFC fighter, a female fighter, is Valentina Shevchenko, like, that girl is ripped, she is jacked, and I watch her, and I'm like, you can tell she puts a lot, like, whenever, if I watch the weigh-ins, I can usually tell if her opponent is going to lose from Jump Street, I'm like, if they're not in the conditioning that she is, if, if they don't have the strength, if they don't have the size of their skin and bones, like, they're gonna get their asses whooped, right, and it's kind of like the same thing when I see, like, the WNBA sometimes, I'm like, you can't do bicep curls, man, like, I get it, it's harder for women to put on muscle, but it's not, like, impossible, and you don't, and you don't have to look like one of these girls that looks like she does steroids to, you know, to be in shape, and it's, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm all for playing, for paying players, but it's just, it's hard for me to watch the sport sometimes. What, like, like, again, I love basketball and I love sports and I watch sports all the time. It's just, it's hard for me to watch the sport when there's not a lot of dynamic plays going on. And some of the stuff I'm watching, I'm like, there's no fucking way. Like, like who, who are you learning the sport from, man? Like, like, I just shot a girl shoot a jump shot, and I'm like, there's no fucking way on this earth that you think that that's like, like, where did you learn how to hit J's? Like, who taught you how to shoot? Like, I, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, like, it, it just, it's like, it's almost a different sport. It really is. It's like they shoot different. They have different, different quarters and, and, and different, like the three point line is further back. Or not further back, it's further in. So hitting three should be easier. It's like, I watch the sport, man. And and, I, and the weird thing is, it's only at the WNBA level. Like, I think, I think I had an early, a really, really, really early podcast episode where I was, um, where I was watching, actually, I may not have released it online, but I had this really, really, uh, this, this, I was watching this teenager because she was on the FIBA team, she was on the U.S. Women's Teenage Team, and I was watching uh, the teenager, the teenage girls play. I don't know how this got in my feed, but it got recommended in my feed. And uh, her name is Haley Van Van Leith, I think. I call her Haley Van Lethal. 
she was crossing everybody up. She looked like an NBA point guard, and she's in high school, and she's competing with all of these other high school girls, and I watched, um, I think I watched them play against Lithuania, and I'm like, this isn't how they play in the WNBA. They play this, this they, they, I don't know, they, they, they play pretty much how the NBA was, they play basketball pretty much how basketball was played in like the 80s and the 90s, except with less physicality and contact. Yeah, the Las Vegas Aces. Where's that tall, like, seven-foot girl? Where is she? Is she? No, she's not playing. She may be injured. I don't see her on the bench. She's still in her warm-ups. Does she play, or is she... No, is she in Is she in shoes, or... They got the set... I remember this game. I remember this game. I think I remember this game. Is she in this game? Does she play in this game? It's the Las Vegas Aces versus the Sparks. And I'm watching this game. Right? I'm watching. Do they win? Oh, no, no, no. This isn't the game that I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah, and she's in heels. Okay, so this isn't the game that I'm thinking of. Sorry. But I, I completely lost my train of thought. My point being with WNBA players is that the way that they play... And a lot of people have done hundreds of videos on it. I don't. I don't really need to get into like the specifics of it because there's been so much. Like there's so there's been so much coverage around this. But the way that the girls play, it's it's really really hard to watch. It really it really is. I'm watching. I'm watching them play right now. I mean, the score right now is 63 to 47. Like in the NBA, it's it's a completely different. It's a completely different ball game. It's a completely different ball. Like we would like if you score forty seven points in the NBA, that's that's terrible. That's god awful. And it's forty seven to sixty three right now. But again, I'm all for like I'm I'm a huge fan of esports, pro gaming, whatever you want to call it. I'm a huge fan of paying players, players that are you know specifically because not even not even i'm like i was about to say players that go out there and sacrifice their body but i'm like literally they all do that they all do that but it's just it's just hard for me to like i don't i don't don't know man i I mean the wnba it's not making a whole bunch of money they've pretty much they've done everything they can for uh, excuse me for this sport i I mean, in, in in some ways, obviously, it's a great thing because obviously this this kind of opens the door for female athletes to get paid because you know talking about the you know the the documentary the cheer documentary. I know I've been going on this for quite a long time. Sorry if I'm not articulating myself properly, but you know going back to the cheer documentary and how a lot of the cheerleaders, it's like the last time that they were going to do this was going to be in college. And there's no professional league, and there's nothing that you can do about it. And, you know, that sucks. That fucking sucks that there's, you know, there's not a pro scene where you can get paid for doing that stuff. That sucks. Especially if if people want to do it at an even higher level. I'm all for competition. That's why I loved the show. Because they were ultra competitive. And it was it was a freaking interesting TV show, man. But, like, it, it may open the door for other sports to get paid. And I'm all for that. For other athletes to get paid, I'm all for that. But I, 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 I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I like. I, what, I'll say this. I'll say this. 
one one argument that has been tossed around about the uh, about the athletes is that the ratings are down, and I've heard this argument constantly. I've I've heard like like the way that you bring in higher ratings is to pay the players more money, and they're really like that's how you bring in higher ratings. Like you know, bring in higher rate. You know, you put, by the way, I just saw another jump shot. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Holy shit! Anyways. One of the arguments that I've constantly seen be thrown around is how you pay, how you like, how you increase the ratings is by paying the players. I don't know how that brings in higher ratings, but that's one of the arguments that I've heard that makes the ratings higher. I think you just need to freaking lower the goal, man. A lot of WNBA players, they hate that notion, but it's like none of you can freaking dunk and none of you like none of you cross over anybody. You don't, you don't have cross, like, I don't, it blow, watching this game right now, it's like watching, watching a WNBA game right now, and watching as much basketball as I watch on an annual basis, it's like I'm literally watching two different sports, they shoot differently, they dribble differently, they pass differently, and it's not better than the NBA, it, it's not, and it's not even close, like the 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 freaking three point line is brought further inside. These are pro athletes and they can't shoot threes. Like it 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 really it it, it, it I, just, I I don't get it, man. I don't I don't get it. I don't see it. Shorter quarters, sh- like some some of this stuff. I'm watching. I'm like, you you girls should be a lot better than this, man. I can find college teams that that are just. That are as I mean, I saw the freaking high schoolers. I'm like, why isn't the W like the high schoolers literally look like a WNBA, not a WNBA, like an NBA team? Girls were crossing each other over. Girls were driving, like they, they don't do any of that stuff here. They just pass. It's just passing and inside and trying to get inside penetration and post ups. It's like the most boring version of basketball I've ever seen. Like, I, 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 I don't mind it being low scoring, but it's like, frick, you got to give me some dynamicism, man. Give me something to hang my hat on. Why, why is nobody able to cross over anybody in the sport? And, it's, and, and they pass a lot, but it's not like dynamic passing. It's, it's not. It's not like when you see LeBron behind the back, full, like full steam ahead. He's in full locomotion. He's dribbling down the court as fast as he can, and he throws behind the back, or he has the vi- he has the court vision. Like it's none of that. It's just it's just passing, and it, and it's uh, like I'm I'm rooting. I don't like to root against people. I don't like that. I, I like I don't like to put that type of energy out there. I don't like to do that. But it's like Jesus Christ, and I'm not rooting against these girls. But it's like. Can it, again a bad shot like a bad jump shot, but she but she hits it. But I'm like, can anyone learn how to do a crossover? You know, just cross some girls over, make it interesting. Some of these girls are like NBA player height and they can't dunk. I'm like, just make the game more interesting. It's it doesn't it's not good enough that there's that there's a women's pro league, right? You have to make it entertaining. You have to. It can't just be we have a bunch of girls playing and that's the selling point and that's what the WNBA feels like to me. 
I was watching the cheerleading, going back to the cheerleading show. It's like, yeah, they got female athletes, but you know what the female athletes do? They show up, they're toned, they're ready. They're doing like, they're freaking putting their bodies out there. Like if you don't get, I I remember there's this one thing where they, they were, there's literally throwing people in the air. If you don't get caught, you will fall like 20 feet from the air and hit the ground hard. Like, that's one of the risks of the sport. And I'm watching these dudes that are jacked, that have six packs, that lift weights on a daily... Like, these guys, they look like freaking NFL players. They look like football players. I'm not even going to lie to you. I watch these girls. They're like freaking MMA fighters. And then I watch the WNBA. I'm like, something's wrong with this sport, man. Why aren't, like, why aren't the players hitting threes? Why aren't the players faster? Why? Like, I'm, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to say, well, why aren't they as fast as the men? I'm saying, why aren't they faster? They should be more toned than this. They should, like, I'm not expecting them to all look like Valentina Shevchenko, but it's like, why aren't the guards, man? Why can't they dribble? I, I saw it in high school, man. You can't even tell me that they can't do it. I saw it in high school. Like, I literally saw a girl look like Kyrie Irving pretty much in high school. And I just saw one of the girls in the WNBA travel, by the way, on number 30. Let me see it. She, one, two, three, four, like three steps. Like she takes three steps. Like I'm watching this. She has one-on-one. She beats her, she she beats her man, right? She's, you know, she's inside. Not inside, excuse me. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, my brain is thinking about football. Sorry. She's, uh, she's inside the arc. She's pretty much, she's she's right next to the free throw line. She's beat her girl. She has a clear lane to the basket, and she just, she doesn't finish the layup. It's like, lower your shoulder like a running back and truck this girl over, man. Like, she, it's a mismatch, too. It's like, there's no way you can't, like, lower your shoulder, pound, pound it into the ground, and freaking beat this girl. And she doesn't. And she misses the layup, and it's a bad layup. It's like, I, I think I think she's taller than the other girl too, and it, like, freaking truck this girl, man. I, I I watch this sport, and I'm like, some something's up, man. Something's up. Something's up. I I'm I'm gonna type in WNBA highlights. Hopefully. Hopefully nobody like memes it. Oh my god! Oh wait, they're already memeing it. <laughs> all right, top. All right, top ten plays of the 2017 WNBA season. Do they cross over anybody? And and here's the thing: you can't even tell me that it's not a part of the sport because some people are like, well, they don't do that in the WNBA because that's not how they play basketball. They 100% do. Girls do it all the freaking time. In college and in high school. Like, I've seen it happen. There's no way you can try and tell me that. It just, like in the it, like in the WNBA, they don't cross anybody over. Let me see this highlight. Okay, no, that's, that's, that's just, that's just bad defense. Like, but, but on this play, nobody's going after the ball. Okay, so let me, let me explain what just happened. No, let me explain. So, <clears throat> I'm like I I would not put this as a, as a top ten. This is like a goof. 
this is on the WNBA's official YouTube channel, by the way. So this is Washington versus Dallas, the Washington Mystics. Elena Delavadon goes up. She misses a uh, a two, right? Her, uh, I think it's her power forward, has inside leverage. She gets the rebound. She falls on her butt. And none of the girls on the opposing team, they're like, eh, let's go after the football. Let's go, get, let's go, like, let's go reach down and let's go tra- tackle this girl, right? Like, none of them do that. And the girl is sitting on her butt, like, on the ground. I'm like, nobody's fighting for the basketball. Just fight. Just go after it. By the way, I'm watching Joe Burrow right now on my television smoking a cigar. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me watch this. I'm just smoking a cigar. <laughs> Alright, anyways, go, going back to this. Like, no, like she, they don't fight for the rebound. Or no, they, they don't. But when... It's like either block it or take the damn ball from her, man. Oh, man. You got to take that from her. She's standing right next to her and the girl wants to travel. How about take the damn ball from her? Jump on top of her and take the ball. This is a highlight? This is a gaffe. This is a goof. Take this. This video should not be on the YouTube channel. This is not how you want to promo a league, man. Like, at all. Like, at all. This is bad. That's terrible. She had, like, on, on another play, the guard is bringing the ball up the court, right? She turns on the jet, right? A little bit of a, of a moving screen, some defensive miscommunication. She drives on the inside. Why don't you hit a layup? The girl is trailing. It's like, just hit the damn layup. She doesn't. She just goes, runs under the basket. The girl is trailing. She, she's literally wide open. Like, nobody's around her, and she's like, eh, don't want to hit the layup. She falls down. She dribbles the ball. She turns around. Then she shoots, and then she makes it. I'm like, that was just bad. <laughs> that was just bad. I kind of feel like an asshole because on the day that the WNBA players negotiated <laughs> For a CBA extension, I'm I'm dumpstering on the league. And, yep, there's one dunk. It's barely a dunk, though. Oh, my God. Yep. Her fingertips barely hit the rim. Oh, well, that's a pretty good defense play. Literally took the ball from that girl. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. Goes up and literally, like, it, it literally looked like a, like a freaking DeMarcus Cousins play where she took the ball from her. More of that, less of less of the girl running under. That's not a highlight. That's just a defensive breakdown. Was that was that at the end of the game? I was an all, yeah. That's an all star game. Come on, come on. She barely dunks. Ah, oh, God. They're showing this like, oh my God, this is an incredible dunk. I'm sorry if Steph Curry, who's six feet tall, can can have the hops to get up there. Some of the, like, you can too. You can too. I'm sorry. You can too. I think people just got to be more honest. Just start saying, hey, like, they, they got to learn how to jump higher. And they got to learn how to freaking burst faster and have, like, how to, oh, that's a dirty play. Ooh! Ooh! 
man. She did like a Chris Paul fake where she where she get where she uh, I I can't describe. That's that's a that's that's exactly what I want to see. She faked that girl out. There you go. That's all right. I I I'll, I'll buy it at that. Oh, that was no. The, I think that was the D Wade play where he fakes where he fakes like he's gonna go up and shoot it. Turns around and hits a like. I'll take that. I'll buy that one. I'll buy that one. Mm. Did that girl dirty? Bang goes up. Got got that girl all the way in the air. Get her out of here. That girl did that girl dirty, man. Oh my goodness. That's a highlight. Come on, that's not a highlight. That no, that's a top ten play of your season. That's just good court vision and good and good just moving without the. That's just good basketball. Come on, come on. She like ah. Uh, what happened? What happened on and it and it's Sue Bird. That, that's just nice by Sue Bird. Sue Bird, by the way, daughter of Larry Bird. I didn't even know Larry Bird had a daughter, and I didn't even know Larry Bird's daughter played in the WNBA. Like, you would think that she would be like the face of the WNBA, and she's not. It's like what? And she's actually a really, really good basketball player. Surprise, surprise! Larry Bird's daughter is a really, really dope basketball player. But I'm like I'm uh, Sue Bird. She had really, really like they um the the opposing team. They were double teaming her at the top of the key. She just lobs it up. Her center gets it. It's a pick and roll. I don't even. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's a mismatch because she's being guarded by the center. The center should have just fell back to the you know to the to the pretty much the uh, I forgot the positions of the court, but she pretty much should have been underneath the basket pretty much or something like that. She should have like. I, she should have switched. They, it, it's a defensive breakdown. She should have switched. She should have just gone down and followed the uh, and followed the center because really, I don't know how it's a mismatch. I don't know how the defense screwed this up this badly. But I mean, the Sue Bird center didn't even set a screen on Sue Bird's man. So it's like I I don't even I don't even get what's going on right now. Maybe I'm missing part of the play, but it's like they should have switched. They didn't switch. They actually, yeah, they they should have switched earlier. They switched way too late. By the time that they do switch, Sue Bird already lobs it over the middle for the center. The center catches it and just puts it in. It's it's a really really nice basketball play, but it's not what I would call a top ten play of the 2017 regular season. Like, it's a good play. It's a good play. Euro step. That's your best play. A Euro step by Tarousi. Get up and swat that thing. I don't I don't get how they play defense in the WNBA. She just let her through. She just let her through. Like it's one of the best players. I don't she just stopped. I don't I don't I, I'm not a coach, but I just I've been going on this for a long time. I just like I, I I'm all I'm all for play, paying the players, but it's like, hot damn! Like, I think that's the most score because you know they were. T- I, I I don't know. It was a big moment for Tarousi, I guess, for points or whatever. I don't, I I don't I don't get it, man. I don't, I don't I don't get it. I I don't. I. Th- I 
I, I, I hope that the sport gets better. I hope that the sport gets way more athleticism and stuff like that. I hope that they do all that stuff. But it's like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, they got to make the sport more interesting to watch. And it's not impossible because I've seen high schoolers do it. I've seen high schoolers cross over other girls. I've seen players be more dynamic. I've seen, I've seen players be great. And it's like, I, I watch, and these are the top high school athletes in the country, right? So they go to FIBA, and they're looking, like, they look great, all of them. And all of them could penetrate. All of them could dribble, dribble, pen, going on the inside, right? They could dribble, penetrate, and they could finish. All of them could. All, even the girls that I, even, like, the shooting guards, I was like, there's no, let, let me find, let me find the FIBA, the, the teenage FIBA, what's it called? Teenage... FIBA, what is it? I can't spell Lithuania or Luth. It, it was something. It was the semifinals, right? What is it? So they're showing all of the uh, all of the all of the other highlights. Hold on. Let me see it. Oh wait, let me type in USA. Like, should I seriously have to type in USA? I'm like, I'm in the frickin' United States. Where's that game? Or was it Hungary? I don't know. Was it Lithuania or was it Hungary? I, I, I don't know. Let me, let me go. Oh, yeah. It was last year's game. Or not last year's 2018. Lowe's knows you're a team who does remodeling right. We do it right, too, before, with stylish collections that and pull it all... They all looked... And, oh, uh, sorry about that. Anyways, they all looked, I don't know how long I was, uh, the, like the, um, the what's it, oh yeah, this is the game. This is the game where they, where they beat this hungry, these, these hungry girls. What was the final score? 79 to like 30 something. It was disgusting how much the United States was whooping these girls ass, man. It was bad. And I watched all of these games and I watched all this game and I'm like, all these girls, they're high schoolers, right? So, you know, they're not going to be in the best shape. But they all have a purpose, right? Like, the point guard is kind of like a power point guard. Like, she, she kind of reminded me a little bit of Russell Westbrook in the sense that she, this girl loves taking contact. And she loves playing with, with speed and athleticism and strength. And she loves... And I'm watching the basketball coach who's, a, you know, she she is, you know, a female. And she coaches female uh, female college basketball. And the way that the, the United States team is prepared and, and how they play offense and how they play defense and how they understand which personnel... Uh, is is on the floor and that dictates which type of offensive scheme and what plays they're going to run and what type of defense, like all of that, like all of this is what I expect at the highest of levels and it's freaking a bunch of high schoolers playing in FIBA with a college coach. And I'm watching this and I'm like, why is none of this in the WNBA? This looks like basketball. This looks like normal basketball. This doesn't look like women's basketball. Like they're going down the court, they're hustling down, they're taking contact. They're finishing. Why is this not the WNBA? That's that's my only question. Bang. She fights for it. They're pushing the tempo. They give it to their center. That's a great basketball play. They foul her. She tries to, she tries to give it to a girl who's trailing. She goes up, but she gets fouled as she goes up. But, you know, maybe maybe she should have tried to finish. But it's like that. that's what you want to do. That's exactly the type of play that you want. All right, you get the rebound fast, you push the tempo, you find your open center, 
The center is trying to find the open girl because she realizes that, you know, there's there's defenders trailing and there's defenders collapsing on her. There's going to be a shooting guard or a point guard on the wing. Like, that's just smart basketball. And they're in freaking high school. And I watched the Like, this doesn't look like a meme, you know? <laughs> like, this doesn't look like the, me- like the meme that is the WNBA. Is there like an, like, I've I've been talking about this for like 36 minutes. I apologize for, for, for how long this is. But it's like, like, I get it. I get how great women's basketball can be because I've seen it. It's just so ridiculously subpar. It's so bad. It's so bad comparatively to high school. It blows my fucking mind. It blows my mind that I'm watching like, in, in in Hungary, by the way, Hungary, obvi- obviously Hungary is Hungary, right? I mean, for the love of Christ, I thought they were Lithuania for like a couple, but they're not, they're not freaking just letting the United States just run. They, they do at halftime. I mean, they're teenagers, right? You know, you can't expect everything, but you know, the, the, for the first half, it's a pretty competitive basketball game. And it's like, you, you see the hustle, you see the effort, you see what they're trying to do. On both sides, both sides. It's not just Lithuania, it's the United States. You know, you can't expect a lot of high scoring games out of high school, but it's like, I like the style of basketball that they're playing right now. The, you know, they got, they got to fight over screens. They're, they're running up and down the court in full sprint. They're trying to, they're trying to play the sport at a high level. And they're trying to compete. And that's what I fucking like about this fucking game. I love this fucking game. Because I can see them trying to fucking compete. I can see Hungary trying to compete. I can see the United States trying to compete. Is it perfect? Is it is it top tier? Do they make a lot of mistakes? Fuck yes. It's fucking high school. But when I watch this game, I'm like, this is, this is the foundation of the WNBA. And I would rather watch this than the WNBA. That's, that's my fucking problem with the collective bargaining agreement. It, it, it's just like... High schoolers are fuck, are fucking more interesting than fucking pros, man. And I got a real issue with that. Like, pay the damn high schoolers. Don't pay the pros. Even though I want I want to pay the pros, but the pros they're not they're not they're not playing like they should, man. Oh man, they're not playing. They're not playing. Not playing like they should. Like at all. That's. Basketball is one of my favorite fucking sports on the planet, man. It's it's second to football. Second to football. But it's like... I, I, I can tell, man. I can tell when something is wrong. I can tell when... And again, it's like the high schoolers, they shoot like they're freaking in the NBA. They dribble like they're in the NBA. Like they're doing everything like they're in the NBA. It's not like they're playing like they're in the W. Like, it looks clean to me. It's like, fuck me, man. Like... Every single time I watch a WNBA game, it's like something something's wrong. Like they can't shoot, they don't shoot the same way that the men do. They don't dribble, they don't pass, they don't have the athleticism, and worse yet, it's like they don't even they don't even do what the the freaking teenagers do. I I've talked this thing into freaking a grave for 40 freaking minutes straight, but it's like I it's just so fucking disappointing because I'm I'm such a fucking fan of the sport and I can fucking see where it can fucking go. It's just, it's just, I don't know why. I don't know why they just don't, why it's not better. 
I want it to succeed, but it's just, I don't know why it's not better. And it should be so much better than what it is. And that, like, that's just where my fucking frustration comes to. Because I'm just like, I, I don't get why it's not better. Fucking hell, man. Anyways. Moving on to something else besides the, um... Besides the, you know, the WNBA and the new collective bargaining agreement. Did I, did I even have like, did, I, I don't even know what my final thoughts were. You know, it devolved from like me not thinking that they probably should have gotten the collective bargaining agreement deal because the ratings are so piss poor and the sport is horrible to watch and stuff like that to me just like absolutely destroying not the sport, but the league, the league, man, fucking hell. Speaking of a fucking league, fuck the NFL. What the fuck are you motherfuckers in the NFL? Sorry for my language. But it's like, seri- seriously, though, I, I, I kind of, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about this. I'm, you know, I've, I've been doing some research because I was going to talk about Marshawn Lynch and, you know, is he a Hall of Famer or is he not? I don't know if we'll get to that today or not. But I was like, I was thinking about Oakland and I thought to myself, I'm like, man, and I, and I also watched the uh, a YouTube video. It's, I think it's called From the Ground or Above Ground or whatever, From the Ground Up where it's pretty much a documentary series about the new Raiders stadium in Las Vegas, which I don't think is fucking completed yet by my watch. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I mean, you're you're like eight to nine months away from opening day. In fact, you're probably even less, if I'm, if I'm honest with you, you're less than like God knows how long away from the opening in Vegas, and I don't think the stadium is ready. Hold on. Not Oakland, excuse me, Raiders Stadium. Oh, man. Excuse me. So apparently, a lot of people are talking about the Raiders Stadium. Fox Business had a video. Hold on, let me... Let me find this thing. Okay, so it's just a guy kind of just taping the outside of the stadium. What what does the actual stadium look like? I think it I think it's going to be done. Fucking hell. Here we go. It's from the ground up. That's what the TV that's what the freaking thing is called. From the ground up. the new one look like I wish they just had a shot of the Vegas stadium but I watched like a couple of the episodes I didn't watch the entire series I watched only a couple of the episodes but I watched it and I was like is this thing gonna be ready by you know by by the by the opening it kind of does look ready and it looks like this big it lo- it looks like this big black dome which is kind of cool when you think about it because the Raiders colors, they're, you know, they're silver and black. It's this big black dome. They're trying to keep everything cool because you're inside a desert. You're in a desert. So you have all these black glass. You have this black glass. The stadium is painted black. So it looks really, really dope. It looks really, really cool. But I'm like, I'm looking at the stadium. I'm like, is it going to be done? I'm not a construction person, but is it? it's like, 
like, you know, you got to get permits. You got to get everything. Like, the worst thing is, 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 the worst thing that can happen is you build this multi-billion dollar stadium and then you get, and then it's not ready on opening day. And it's like, well, what the fuck do you do for the football team, you know? Like, I remember, I'm from Texas, right? So I remember there's this school that had this $14 million stadium that was built and it wasn't up to code. Like there was cracks in the concrete and it was just a horrible just construction job. Not to say that this is going to be a horrible, but my point is, is that it's like things happen, stuff happens. It's like, is this going to be ready by opening day? I'm not going to lie to you. Like they still got to put a lot of glut. Well, I mean, actually for the majority it is because all, all they got to do now is just because they got the framework done. They got everything done. When it comes to the frame, it looks like all they got to do is just because right now it looks like a skeleton. All you got to do is just add all the stuff that goes on the outside and fill it in with stuff on the inside. So, I mean, you got like like seven months, eight months. I mean, really, is are they going to play a preseason game here? Because technically, I mean, you've got seven months then. But I think they can do it. They also got to, you know, they also got to like do a whole bunch of like road work and all that good stuff. There's like no parking over here, over there as well. Like I was talking about the NFL and gotta fuck them. <clears throat> but like when, when I think I was thinking about this today, I was thinking about this because of, I was researching Marshawn Lynch and is he a hall of famer or not? Maybe another topic for another day, but I was thinking to myself, I was like, the NFL screwed the Oakland Raiders fans so fucking much this year by, A, moving the team out of Oakland to Las Vegas, and then on top of that, on top of moving the team from, from like, Oakland to Vegas, what they then did and what they are, for some ungodly reason, are doing are moving it to a city that if you told me, like, hey, you know, what team do you think the Oakland Raiders would be popular in? I Like, the, the last... It would not be Vegas. It would not be Vegas, and I don't. I don't get it. I feel like this could be like another L.A. Chargers type of event, where the L.A. Chargers they move cities and nobody comes to their football games. That's a fan of their football games. So it's. I feel like something similar could happen to the Las Vegas Raiders now because they're they're not Oakland. They're Las Vegas, where it's like they just they have no fans from the team going, and it's just an away game type of an event, but unlike the LA Chargers who are playing in a freaking high school stadium, this is a freaking pro stadium. This is an NFL stadium. And you're going to have like thousands upon thousands of Vegas fans go into that stadium and be, I, I feel like that's actually what's going to happen. Actually. I feel like that's what's going to happen. How big, let me, let me Google this. Maybe, maybe it's me. How big is the Raider fan? I'm looking up how big is the Raider, how big is Raider Nation in Vegas? Hold on. Let me, uh, let me, let me listen to this. Apparently this is, this is... This is the Bay Area News. Hold on. The NFL Media Originals. So this is a YouTube channel on on 
uh, that the NFL maintains and makes. They also have a video about this. Hold on, let me listen to this. It's like a four minute long video. You got Vegas and then you got Oakland. Fans of the kids of the big divorce. The best part of game day is the preparation. It's a intimidation factor for the other teams to look in that black hole and see skeletons and spikes shoulder pads. There's nothing like the Raider Nation. I don't think they get that in Vegas. Like, like what they're doing, what they showed off was they showed off like like dedicated people, like a girl, literally, I thought she was wearing a fucking mask. Like she painted her fucking face with like gray skeleton teeth in, in her nose. Like what? Like the dedication this chick puts into like the, like she looks like she's wearing a freaking mask. Like that's how good it looks. And then you have another person getting ready and he pretty much did something similar where his face is painted. He's like, you're not getting this shit in Vegas. What the fuck is the NFL doing? Hold on, my bad. I'm getting ready for the last year before I move to Vegas. Wherever they play, I'm going to be there. My love for the Raiders started out when I was five years old. I took my fandom to the next level. I didn't want the team to leave. Dr. Death, the fan, lives and dies here in Oakland. The Black Hole, the Raider Nation, you got people from all walks of life. When we're together, it's like a family reunion every Sunday. My name is Mark Acasio. I have been Gorilla Gorilla 24 years. Gorilla Gorilla is a comical, fun-loving, big, hairy gorilla. It all started back in 1995. I was at a yard sale, and I seen the head, the feet, and that's when I said, the gorilla. I don't like showing my face, because it's not about me. I do it because that's how I reflect my passion. I'm not happy about them living. I was upset for a while, until I realized that they are moving. Gorilla most likely won't be out there tailgating in the heat in Vegas. It'll be pretty much from the hotel room, in the suit, into the stadium. I do have a handful of friends that are not going to dress. Not everyone's going to be able to make it out there. That's right, stay in Oakland. Oakland is home. This is probably my first photo as Dr. Death in regalia with my knives and everything. My name is Ray Paris. I used to go by the moniker Dr. Death as an Oakland Raider season ticket holder. When I first started dressing up, I was about eight years old. I felt empowered, and I was part of this boisterous, loud group that was known to be rebellious. My perception of what a Raider fan was, someone creepy, someone scary. But when you met me, it was, oh, hey, this guy's really nice, because that's how all Raider fans are. I'm always going to have passion for my Oakland Raiders. This is probably one of the most difficult things I've probably ever had to do. I come on here probably as my last time as Dr. Death. And I told people for the last five years, if they leave, I will quit. I will no longer put my passion and energy into this team because they didn't reciprocate it. Mark Davis took our team and I cannot continue to pour my energy into this team that can't be loyal to its region. 
the day that they were approved for relocation, I put that costume away. My passion was born and now it's dead in oak. All right, they're, they're showing a bunch of, oh, fuck, man. Like, that, like that, that, that fucking, that is why I said, fuck the NFL. And, and, and I love the NFL. I love what they do, but man, fuck them. Like, how, how are you going to do that, man? And I, and I say this all the fucking, I'm like, the whole fucking, the, the Raider persona is in Oakland. It's in Oakland. If like the fact that the NFL doesn't understand that, and I and, and I I got a bad feeling about this. I got a hold on. And in the NFL, they have this video why the Oakland Raiders are le- leaving for Las Vegas. We're gonna watch that as well. We're gonna so we watch the fan perspective. We're now in a little bit. We're gonna watch the NFL's perspective because I think you know you you got to hear both sides of the story. But it's like the fact that. The NFL, that you know what? Watching this video, it's only we we only watched three minutes of it. We're we're done watching it because the point has been made. The fact that the NFL and everybody thinks that the the transfer from Oakland to Las Vegas is going to go smoothly, and the fans will commute, and the fans will go there, and that there's a bunch of Oakland Raider fans in Las Vegas. I I I don't I don't see it, man. I I now watching this video, it kind of confirms what I don't I don't fuck. Who are you gonna put in the fucking black hole, man? Who's gonna be there? I I don't fucking see it, man. I don't. That's saying if if that the worst thing that can happen is what I think will happen. People won't watch the games. They they won't. They won't. And the worst thing is, specifically Raider fans, they won't watch the games. Other fans will, because their team is playing. It's like, people won't watch the freaking games. They don't watch the games, man. You spent billions of dollars wasted in the desert. You literally pissed, you you literally just freaking dumped out all your water, all your fresh water, into the desert sand for no reason at all. You had enough to get through the desert. You didn't want to get through the desert. You just wanted to piss it all away. I I don't get it. I don't get why they did that. I really, really don't. Let me freaking mute mute this. Hold on. My bad. Hold on. So, all right. So, there, there's a panel of people. Dave Damashek, Cynthia Freeland, Matt Money Smith, and Henry Hodgson sits down to talk about why the Raiders will move to why the Raiders move to Las Vegas makes sense. The Raiders stadium, and this is a comment, the Raiders stadium will generate a ton of cash in the off season with concerts, summer. That's why. Yep. That makes sense with concerts, summer shows and events. And one of the things that they, that they did, cause I remember watching from the ground up, uh, is one of the things that they talk about is making this, uh, the stadiums, uh, like accessible to everybody. Right, accessible to. There's a saying: if it makes dollars, it makes sense. All right, here we go. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. Hold on.
Give me like a couple more seconds. Hold on. All right, sorry about that. I just had to plan the uh, the final the final uh, travel plans for my aunt's funeral, which that is uh, that's that's pretty depressing. But frick, moving on, moving uh, moving off of that. So we got the fan perspective. This was about this was three years ago. So this was March 29th, two thousand seventeen. This was three years ago. This is the initial reactions of the. Uh, of the team of the Oakland Raiders, <coughs> excuse me, moving to Las Vegas. The San Diego Chargers, but the L.A. Chargers. It's now no longer the Oakland Raiders. It's now the Las Vegas Raiders. If somehow you've been hiding in a cave, shouldn't we first react to that? What That's do you, a what, big one. What do we think, Freeland? I think it's sad. I, I understand the oper- the option. I, I get all the business decisions, and I understand that this is ultimately a business, and we get our paycheck from it, so I get it. So I understand all of those things, and all business is personal. All that it that's all true. But to me, it's it's still kind of sad. Like that, it's, it's sad. sad but I mean, if this isn't the equivalent, and I've heard some voices out there from within this building and and uh, and beyond. Yeah, it's it's sad for diehard Raiders fans, but. The last four years, I looked it up. They're thirtieth or worse in attendance percentage. They tarp the upper deck. Pause. Pause right there. This was 2017. What was the record? What was the record? Let me let me look it up. Let me look up the Raiders' record. Hold on. So it goes from. So this is this is after the 2017 season. Let's take a look at how the Raiders' record was in the last couple of years. By the way, they had... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So they were... They... Oh, whoa, 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 I was looking, I was looking at, the, uh, at the history of the team and all of their records and stuff like that. So they were the Los, the Los Angeles Raiders for 12 years. That's a, that's a pretty substantial amount of time. 12 years. Then they came back to Oakland in 1995. But since 1960, they were the the Oakland Raiders. What was the record from 2017? You know what? Let's just throw in these last couple of seasons. So from 2000, so we'll go all the way back to, th- to 2013. 
They are seven and nine, four and twelve, six and ten, and then they had a really, really nice season, twelve and four, seven and nine, three and thirteen, and then four and thir- four and twelve, excuse me, and then on and on and on and on and on, and then like the the last ten win season after two thousand sixteen was all the way in two thousand two. Like, can you can you blame? And and a lot, of, and they don't have eight and eight seasons, by the way. It's not like they have a lot of eight and eight seasons. They have. Going all the way from 2002 to 2012, they have 4 and 12, 5 and 11, 4 and 12, 2 and 14, 4 and 12, 5 and 11, 5 and 11, 8 and 8, 8 and 8, 4 and 12. A lot of 4 and 12 in, in 2 and 14 seasons for the Oakland Raiders. And it's like, well, well, they have the lowest attendance in the league. Of course they have the lowest attendance. They lose all, almost all of their football games. In the last 30 years, since 1990, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, ten 10-win seasons in 30 years. 30. Count them up. A dirty 30 for the Oakland Raiders fans. No wonder why they don't go to the football games. Maybe if your team won football games, you would have a higher attendance. I'm not talking about going eight and eight. I'm talking about not not excuse me, not four and not five and twelve. I'm talking about eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. Every once in a while, they don't have a winning. Se- they have like they have two winning seasons in twenty years. Excuse me, four winning seasons in twenty years. It's not much better. Of course they're not going to go to the games. You stink. Get better. I, I, I think so, it's to me like the sad I mean. is the last thing that I would say just because in, – and sorry, Cynthia, to come at you that way. But, oh, come on. Bring but, it. Uh, but it's not – Add you to my list. It's, it's a national brand. Right. You know, and, and I think it's partially because you know we live in L.A. I've been here for 26 years now. There are more Raider fans in Los Angeles than there are in Oakland. Pause right there. Right there. Pause right there. Okay. The reason why, and, and, and he says, he, he makes up a great point, but the whole concept between, and he's like, you know, it's a national brand, it transfers well. I'm not from L.A., even I know there's fucking a lot of L.A. fan, uh, uh, not L.A. fans, excuse me, a bunch of Raider fans in Los Angeles. But why, but he, he misses the cultural significance of the Raiders. Why are the Raiders a popular team in L.A.? Because of the black and silver. There's that NWA movie, Compton. What do they always wear in that movie? They ra- and, and freaking Ice Cube, he's not from Oakland. He's from Compton. Why does he wear the Oakland Raiders? The black and silver. The Raiders. The bad boy nature. Of the team. A lot of people in, in, in LA, they can, they can, what's it called? Not relevate. Not represent. They can, there we go, relate to the team. I can't believe I said relevate, relate. How, how do I get relevate and not relate? They can relate to the team. Because the team has that tough nature that is embodied in the city of Oakland. 
There's a lot of people in Los Angeles. A lot of people like to say, well, Los Angeles, it's a soft city with, th- with, with some, with some freaking avocado ice cream smoothie sundaes, the surfing, the, the, the surfers and stuff like there's some gangsters in Los Angeles. I mean that in a good way. And those people that are about that tough cultural culture, excuse me, they can relate and they can be tied to the Oakland Raiders symbol, the brand, the team, because they're tough. They're rough riders. They're outlaws. And that's how some of the people, a lot of the people in Los Angeles feel. That's why you're going to see a lot of Raider jerseys in Los Angeles for that exact same reason. It's not a national brand. You go to the freaking East Coast. Are you going to Boston? And are you seriously telling me you're going to see a Raiders jersey out in Boston? I've lived in Texas, Central Texas. I've gone to Houston, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio. San Antonio, they're another city where they can relate kind of with the Raiders. Especially because San Antonio, they're such Spurs fans that it's like, you know what? We can go to the freaking game with the Spurs jersey on. Not with the Spurs, excuse me, with the Raiders jersey on. People be like, yeah, yeah. We can relate. There are some, I I think moving the Raiders, if you had to, to San Antonio, I think that would have been a better spot because San Antonio would have taken care of the Raiders. It would have still been shitty. It still would have been a bad move, but you're telling, but I think a lot of the fans in San Antonio would have showed up and showed out to the Raider games. If you move the team to San Antonio, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. They have a lot of the they have a lot of the spirit that's in Oakland in San Antonio. It still wouldn't have been the same, but it would have been the best second place, sec, third place, excuse me, because the two best places for the Oakland Raiders are in Oakland and Oakland. Then that third best place, San Antonio, but not Vegas, not Vegas. They, they also lost. played but in that's, that's, that's what I mean. So, LA so what I'm saying is they lost their team to Oakland. They have remained dedicated, diehard Raider fans. As someone that calls games, that Southwest Airline, you take a Southwest from LAX, from Santa Ana, from Ontario, right. it's a Raider shuttle. Right. So when a team moves out of your market, it doesn't really affect the dedicated fan base because they'll go find you. Uh, and they'll yeah, go no, to- they won't. No, they won't. No, they won't. Ask, uh, hey, hey, ask the Chargers. Will the Chargers fans, do the Chargers fans go and find the team? Did they go and watch the team games? Let me pull up a Chargers game. Let me pull the tape up right here, right now. Let me pull up the Chargers games. Because he's saying, they'll find you. And that's what the NFL's banking on. That's what the... Hold on. And I got I got another I got another Raider fan thing here. Got another one. But that's what the fan... That's what the NFL's banking on. They're banking on the Raider fan base driving... I'm like, they don't got time for that. They're not driving out to LA to freaking Vegas every single freaking vi- freaking football game. I'm like you're like they're like oh, well, you know you drive down in California and you'll get the that Raider population, but I'm like that's only in California. The Raiders are in Oakland. That's like San Francisco. That's not far from LA. That's like a couple of hours away. That's like saying you know what I I you know the the the, uh, the Houston Texans. They are a national brand, even if you see some Houston Texans jerseys in, in Austin. It's like, that's not that far away. It's like a couple of hours. What are you talking about? I was going to use Dallas, but Dallas actually is a national brand. 
But even even so, you can see a lot. Like in my hometown, I see Dallas Cowboy jerseys all the time. Doesn't mean that they're national brand because they're in freaking my hometown. They're national brand because you can find Cowboy jerseys everywhere. Looking up the Chargers game. Just looking up a Chargers game. A random a random Chargers game. Similar situation, by the way, with the Chargers, right? Because they're going to be like, well, the attendance sucks. Well, let's ch- take a look at the record, right? Because why the hell should fans watch your terrible football team if you stink, right? Let's see how many games the Chargers have won since m- before they, they moved to Los Angeles. Oh, check this out. 5-11, and 4-12, and 9-7. Didn't go to the playoffs that next year. They went to the playoffs 7 and 9, 8 and 8, 9 and 7. They had some pretty good years coming up, 13 and 3, 8 and 8, 11 and 5, 14 and 2. But that was 10 years ago. 11 years ago technically because it was it was a it was the 2009 season where they went to the playoffs. Then they lost in the divisional round. But beyond that, they've only been to the playoffs twice. And a lot of the times, it's it's like freaking the Dallas Cowboys, eight and eight, seven and nines, nine and sevens. It's worse, not worse, but it's it's like the Cowboys. It's like no wonder why people aren't going to watch this football team. They stink. Let me take a look at. This is a perfect game, by the way, because this is an LA. Based this this is the Raiders versus the Chargers. Let's see if the guy is right. Let's see how many Oakland Raiders fans show up and show out for the Raiders versus the Chargers in Los Angeles, right? Let's see how many Oakland Raiders go to this football game. Let's see. Show on the field. I can't see the fans. They're showing only the field. I can't see the fans. Uh, I can't see the fans. Yeah, they're not going to show the fans. Frick. Wait, here's here's a kick here. Let me see it. Bang. I can't see the fans. I can't. I couldn't see the fans. I don't know. I don't know. But I doubt there. I doubt there wasn't a whole lot of. A whole lot of Charger fans at that stadium. My point being is that he's saying, well, you know, the the Oakland Raider fans they're gonna they're gonna travel well because you know the fans they'll find a way to to support the team. To those people, I point to the Los Angeles Chargers and how little and how pathetic their team friendly attendance was during the Pittsburgh game. They started to play the Pittsburgh fight song on the loudspeaker. I know that they were trying to cut it off and then play the Chargers theme song, but by then it was too late. The Pittsburgh Steelers fan base at the freaking Los Angeles Chargers stadium was so riled up in a frenzy that it didn't even matter because it got the char- the, the, the Steelers fan base so juiced up that it actually started to discombobulate the Chargers. And you're moving the team to Vegas? I wish I would. I wish I would. Except for San Diego. I don't think it's as sad as the Chargers moving oh, out of San Diego. Oh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Let me, go, let me go back. Lost their team to Oakland. 
they have remained dedicated, diehard Raider fans. Is someone that calls game. Sorry. By the way, he said that the Los, Los Angeles lost their team to Oakland. It's the other way around. Oakland lost their team to Los Angeles. Then they got the team back in 1995. It's not like the, the Raiders started off in Los Angeles. The Raiders started off in Oakland. Let's get that right. That's Southwest Airlines. You take a Southwest from LAX, from Santa Ana, from Ontario, right. it's a Raider shuttle. Right. So when a team moves out of your market, it doesn't really affect the dedicated fan base because they'll go find you uh, and they'll that, go to Vegas. Except for San like. Diego. I don't think it's as sad as the Chargers moving oh, out of San Diego where I don't think they are going to be traveling up to L.A. to watch. I, mean, I disagree there'll be, with that. There'll be some, but there'll be a lot fewer than as, there will be Raiders so, so, fans going wait, wait, wait. to Vegas. The one thing I didn't like about all of this is they seem to keep blaming the A's. Did you see all that? Like, oh, this baseball just wouldn't get out of the way. The A's aren't the reason that they're moving. Like, the- Well, they were, they were insistent upon a dual-use stadium. They were not going to build. And look, I listened to that press conference from the mayor, though. And the night before, she was like, from Oakland? Yeah. The Oakland mayor, she yes. was like, I don't know. She was, uh, that was actually, she was awesome. I was really impressed with mm-hmm. how good of a speaker she was. And she was like, We haven't talked to the Raiders because we haven't talked. Like, it, it was very clear that it wasn't, that wasn't the case. At least that's how the. the hey, well, my understanding it. is it's because any financial investment that was going to go into the Oakland Stadium meant that Mark Davis was going to have to give up percentage of the team. You know, it wasn't his money. It wasn't the city or the state's money. It was private investment. And they weren't just building a stadium to be used at maximum 12 days by the Raiders. Right. They wanted a piece of the team. And that was a non-starter. Understandable for someone that owns an asset that could be right. valued over $2 billion. I get it. Why does my mic keep getting muted? Pause. If that's the case, because what they're really looking for is tax breaks here. And the, hearing some of this, if this is true... That the mayor of of Oakland wanted a partition, like a, a a potential stake in the team to build a stadium. Like it's fine if they get dual uses, right? It's fine if they get all right. That's fine. That that happens all the time in certain stadiums. Like it, all right, right? It's fine. It's a pain in the ass. Bite the bullet. But if you like, you're a fucking billion dollar fucking organization. Fucking bite the bullet. You motherfuckers are billionaires. Fucking spend some fucking ass billionaires. You have 32 billionaires in the freaking league. Why the fuck can't you pull a couple of billion dollars together and build this bitch of a stadium? Even without the tax breaks. It's like you seriously can't build. Luke Keekley just announced his retirement. What? Go back. I just saw I just saw an ESPN breaking news. Luke Keekley just announced his att- hold hold on. Hold on. Luke Keekley just announced his retirement. I just. Let me write it down. 
I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it once I'm done with the uh, with the Raiders because we're still we're still surprisingly not done with the Raiders. At least I'm not done. I'm not. I'm not done with the Raiders. Even if all that was true. Even let's say. Let's say even if the, all that was true. All right, fine. You know the mayor wanted, which was a stupid idea. No mayor, you don't get. You don't. It's a private investment. It, you know, it's a private company. You don't get an investment from it. Does the city get an invest? No, that's a pain in the ass. Why would you suggest that? That's a dumb idea. You're lucky if you get two teams sharing one stadium, right? The Dallas Cowboys. They don't share a stadium with the Dallas Mavericks. No, that's not how this works. You're luck. No. What you should have done was try to go for that, settle for better tax breaks on your taxpayers. That's exactly what you're doing. The mayor of Oakland was selfish for doing that. But more importantly, the NFL is even more selfish for moving this football team out of Oakland. Billions of dollars. And you're like, you know what? Screw Oakland. We're going to move out. We're going to move out. Because of what? Because of why? You wanted to save billions of dollars on tax breaks? Oh, please. You know, I'm, I'm conflicted just from the fan perspective on this aspect of it. You know, if you're an owner of a, of a big-time, popular, you know, big four uh, North American sports franchise, and yet you can't take – if you can't be competitive – with the Yankees, I'm kind of like, well, then just sell your team then. Sell it to, for the greater good, but you're the owner of it. Mark Davis just made out. He made $750 million off of this. I feel like prior to that, he wasn't competitive financially with the other owners of the uh, of uh, of the NFL. Is that accurate to say? Well, that he, I, I that's just, how I'll, they I'll found try, themselves th- in this situation. I'll try to make a I know, real that's world. What I'm uh, saying. He wasn't right. keeping up with the Joneses, so he did that. But I can see a fan saying, well then, you know, right. if you care about the Raiders, sell the brand to somebody who can afford it. But but, but how about this? How about this real world application of that? Team. Very Steven Let's Ross say you team. live in a neighborhood, right? I know. Well, it's Al, but it's Al's team, so Let's I say think Mark owned... Davis allowed to do it. Okay, he wants, perfect. Let's say you like your parents owned a house in this neighborhood, right? And uh, you don't make the kind of money. Now the neighborhood has changed. It's a desirable location. You've got great schools. All of this big money has moved in. They tear these little houses down. They build up their fancy mansions. Their kids go to the great school. You now have this original house that still sits on the plot where your parents own it when they passed away they gave it to you live there should you have to move out of the neighborhood because you have perhaps the uh the least desirable house that's maybe bringing no that's your asset it's yours You're not oh forced so we to sell agree it. me so you I'm and saying, the guy and up the old man and up yes i'm not moving <laughs> exactly i'm saying mark davis doesn't have to sell because he can't keep up i mean that's his asset and it continues to increase the only way he cashes in on it is if he decides to sell right. Right. but his identity is as the owner of the Raiders, much like here in L.A., the bus family's identity, they don't do anything else. They pull a check that comes every single month because they own the Lakers. That is their job. Once they sell, I'm not saying they don't have discernible skills that can be applied in another, but they don't. don't. All right, now they're kind of just rambling. I'm going to fast forward through this. Or have a job. Mark Davis sells the Raiders. He no longer has a job because there was no other place he can walk in and say, "I would like to be in your employ. Would you hire me?" It's over. I, I don't know. I don't know how compelling it is to the nation at large. I, I suspect it's kind of uh, you know you're aware of. I don't know. Does anybody care about the Rangers, Islanders, Devils? Uh, uh, who who's the most? All right, now they're kind of just talking about nothing. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's somebody Popular else. Out of that group. Can... Hold on, my bad. Uh, Chris Berman not in favor of Raiders moving to Las Vegas. Let me play this. Hold on. Just got an ad. Who is this? 
Oh, I know who it is. Okay, here we go. By Chris Berman. And Chris, first of all, thanks for calling. Obviously, the, 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 the floor is yours anytime you want it. But when this news comes down about the Raiders moving from Oakland to Las Vegas, obviously it, uh, it, it hits you in a specific way. How did you react? Well, it stinks. I mean, it, I mean, there's, there's just as the Chargers moving stinks. You think of the fans first, right? I mean, these are two old-time AFL teams. However, I don't want to put the two of them in the same boat, but these are both stadiums that have long been. This isn't news that Oakland needed a place to play in the Bay Area, and was it coming? Just like San Diego needed a new place to play in San Diego, but for the. And I know the Oakland Raiders have moved once before, Scott, but right. it just, it just, that fan base, that fervor, um, I feel like it's a punch in the gut for those fans. And I, and I, and I bet you the players deep down feel the same thing. It, it's not without reason. I get it. Well, we've gone from a team in the Bay Area and uh, a second team and, and from one in San Diego to two in L.A. and one in Las Vegas. It doesn't – but at the meantime, the, the average value of, the, of each franchise in the NFL has gone up with these moves. So you see what I'm saying? Of course. I mean, it's, it's not complicated in that regard. And yet, to your point, I think it's no secret, Boom, you, you love this league. You know so many of the movers and shakers. It, it, if you had their ear and you had a thought to share with them about the importance of some sense of stability now, this is three and 15 months. What, what would your message be to the, to the guys that are in the room making these decisions? Be careful that you ask for loyalty. I understand it's business. I get it. I'm, yeah. My head's not in the, in the ground, Scott. But Of course. You... Loyalty is a big word, and this isn't much loyalty on the fan level, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, my, my, my word in the room would be each case is individual, you know, and, and the Oakland thing isn't, Bob, you don't need me to go through it. Um, and I, I know if a perfect world, they'd be staying. We do know that. But it's it's not a perfect world. My 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 caution to the league would be: it's looking like every everything is a grab for what makes it more profitable across the board. Uh, are you being too transparent? That would be my that would be my overall message because you asked that question. This isn't so. That, that's a bigger one than even this particular move today. But look, it it. It doesn't doesn't smell right, does it, to you? No, and yet you point out that they've left once before, and we all know that you're, you're trying to get stadiums built, and what, what sits wrong with me is that you're asking people to foot the bill for this, and these are billionaires. But, I mean, I mean everybody in the room's getting richer, and it's the fans in these cities, whether it's St. Louis for the second time, Oakland now for the second time, uh, or San Diego, that end up the, the league just kind of shrugs and says, "Sorry, you know, you can get uh, you can get the ticket and watch it on a dish." I mean, I just I don't know what I, at some point, Boomer, and we started to see it last year, didn't we? Where the popularity of a league is such that you think that it's impervious, right, to the changes that the world's going through. I, I think you just have to be careful the slope you're putting your product on. Great, great insight from Scott Van Pelt. And Chris Berman, pretty much just reemphasizing 
Exactly. I listen. I I don't know anyone from Oakland, but I know of Oakland. I I I I don't think anyone's buying into this horse shit. I I don't I don't think they are. Um, we'll, we'll watch. I got I got. I mean, I feel like I've talked about this enough. I want to try and get in as many perspectives as I possibly can. I mean, I got one more fan fan video. It was a month ago, so it was the most recent one. What was what was the last fan video that I watched? If it was if it was something like if it was something like. A couple of months ago, we won't watch this one, uh, this this other one, because it's it's pretty long. It's like seven minutes long. What was this one? Okay, so this is a couple of months ago. The, the one that, the Raider fan video that we watched, it was in September. So we won't watch it. We won't watch the other uh, fan video that I have. Uh, but this is from the NFL, and these are NFL personalities. So Chris Berman and Scott Van Pelt... They're being paid by ESPN, so they get to say whatever they, the hell they want to say. Uh, the first video that I played for you that had a bunch of people working for the NFL, who was it? It was Dan, Dave Damashek, Cynthia Freeland, Matt Smith, and Henry Hod, Hodgson. They're all employed by the NFL, so they like they're on the NFL network. They get employed by them. Here's another group of people from the NFL. Here we go. Greg Rosen, Rosenthal, Dan ha- Hand, whatever his last name, Colleen Wolf, Mark Sessler, they're all employed by the NFL, so they all get their paycheck. So they, they're, pro- they're, they're maybe not completely biased, but they're probably a little bit biased towards the NFL. Here they are. They're talking about it. It's five minutes. We'll watch it, and then I'll give you my final thoughts, and then we'll move on to something else. We want to talk about what's going on here uh, with the city of Oakland and now Vegas and the Raiders, and what are we going to do here? The Vegas, the Raiders to Vegas is official. They'll continue to play to, in Oakland for two, maybe three years. Greg, is this going to be like super awkward? I think they are taking fans for granted. I think with all of these teams that are relocating, they're counting on the fan base being there in their next city. This is taking it a step further. They're counting on the fan base in Oakland, which has been so diehard over the years to stick by them for one, maybe two, maybe three years. They're asking the fans to care at a time when teams are saying, okay, we care about fans, but we care about stadiums and revenue more. And I think that's asking a lot, and they might be taking them for granted. Yeah, I mean, breakups in general are awkward, and this is a high-level breakup. You're basically saying, we're done with you. We're going to another city that's going to give us everything we want, everything we want. It's a complex business transaction. They tried they tried very hard, but it's a lot asking the Raiders fans to buy season tickets, to line up, to come to games, to spend money. This is an incredible fan base. They're nationwide. It's not just in Oakland, but it's, a, it's assuming a lot that Oakland is going to deal with this for the next three years with grace. It's a tough spot for the fans to be in. It's Pause it. I keep hearing that nationwide. Listen, I live in the South. I've lived in the South my entire life. Maybe I'm in South is like Texas pretty much to like the East Coast, North Carolina. That's the South, right? Never seen a raid. I've, I may have missed it, but I've seen Astros. I've seen Mississippi State. I've seen uh, uh, LSU. I've seen, I've seen pretty much a lot of Texas colleges, Mississippi, Georgia. I've in this area that I'm living in. LSU, a lot of schools, a lot of teams, a lot of paraphernalia. I have, I cannot remember the last time I've seen a Raider jersey. Maybe that's just me living in the South. Maybe that's more West Coast, 
Maybe, like, they're living in California, right? So this is shot in California. Maybe I'm tripping, but it's not like I, like, I get it. A lot of people love the Raiders, but it's like, I, like, they keep saying it's a national brand, but I'm like, I don't see anybody going to the Raiders freaking the, the, the games in Vegas. So it's like, you know, I'll give them, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, let's say it's a nationwide brand. I still don't see people, more people, like, let's say, let's say, let me put it to you like this. Raiders versus Patriots. How many Patriot fans are going to be in Vegas? Okay, because I think it's going to be Patriot fans that are over, that are going to take over the stadium. How about this? Pa- not Patriots, Kansas City versus Raiders. I think Kansas City wins that. I think, I think Kansas City has more fans. Oh my God, how, how about Raiders versus Broncos? That's, that's a top, these are divisional rivals and they have the potential to come into your stadium and take over the stadium and paint it instead of the black and silver, the red and the yellow, or the orange and the blue, or the red, white, and blue for the Patriots. Taking over the stadium. Because I don't, I, like, as much as people want to say, well, this is a nationwide brand, I'm like, I don't think that if you move the Raiders to Vegas, that it, like, Vegas, Vegas is kind of like a chameleon for a city, right? Like, there's a lot of colors in that city. There's a lot of teams in that city. It's not just the Raiders that are going to be there. It's like New York, man. Like, every single time the Dallas Cowboys go to New York City, it is absurd, the cowboy to giant ratio. It's ridiculous how many fans of the Dallas Cowboys are in New York City. I, I, we'll, we'll continue with this. I don't like the move. I don't like the move. But it's a lot asking the Raiders fans to buy season tickets, to line up, to come to games, to spend money. This is an incredible fan base. They're nationwide. It's not just in Oakland. But it's, a, it's assuming a lot that Oakland is going to deal with this for the next three years with grace. It's a tough spot for the fans to be in. It's super awkward for them to know that the team is going to be moving. But at the same time, it's sort of like having a terminal illness. So they have a a long time now to say their goodbyes. It's not like the team is going to be just suddenly taken from them in the middle of the night and then just like playing at a stadium in Nevada. So you have a lot of feelings and emotions to go through and everybody can say what they need to say and then watch the team slowly slip away. And here's, here's the thing. That's depressing. <laughs> yes, Very it is. depressing. Exactly. Breakups, oh, terminal oh. illnesses, not positive. And, and even if you have time to say goodbye, you got to say goodbye. And I, you know, I was working up like a list of pros and cons here. So here's some pros. If <laughs> Wait, there, you were? Yeah. If there, was, if there was one team in Vegas, the Raiders, that makes sense. At least you got that. Sorry, my freaking internet just went out. Yeah, it, it literally just went out. My internet just went out. But let's address this. Well, if it doesn't come back on, hold on. Let me turn off my Wi-Fi. Then let me turn it back on. So he says, again, if it's you know, apparently, I, I I've if you told me if you told me right here right now, like what's the best team for the Oakland Raiders? Like what's the best city outside of Oakland for the Oakland Raiders? I would say Los Angeles. I would say L.A. Right? L.A. You move Oakland. You move the Raiders from Oakland to L.A. I'm like, boom. That makes sense, right? Not Vegas. Like, I've never heard of a serious, like, strong fan base for the Raiders in Vegas. Never. I, like, and nobody can ever, like, when, whenever, whenever people talk about this, this topic, nobody, and I'll, and I'll pretty much end it here. 
because my internet is still busted. Let me refresh the page. Yeah, it's busted. No, wait, it's reloading. We Let me go back to where I was. But I, I can never get... I can never get, like, a serious answer. Like, why is Vegas the best place for the Raiders? Why is it Vegas and not literally anywhere? And nobody can ever answer that question. But we'll we'll continue with this. Raiders, that makes sense. At least you got that going on. Okay. If, if this is the end in Oakland, they go out with a Super Bowl window. The next couple of years, you should have a chance to, to have a Super Bowl team. And uh, for Vegas, the Raiders in Vegas, that could be a billion-dollar thing. But a con, Greg. Okay. Fans finish last. And that's a huge, huge con. And then just rough times in Cali. Fans outside L.A. You have San Diego and Oakland lose their teams. The 49ers play 50 miles south of San Francisco. Just right. a weird time right now in the NFL. So many tattoos are going to be removed <laughs> at this point. Uh, oh, yeah. That time. So many. Warriors also moving to San Francisco. It's tough for Oakland. And I think the timing that the team is good is almost annoying. They have been waiting, Raiders fans, that is, for this team to be relevant. For almost 15 years, they have not had a winning record until Derek Carr delivered one last year. Now it's a team that has a lot of pressure on them. I mean, imagine if they aren't a Super Bowl contender this year, if there's some disappointment. I think it's going to be tough on the players also being in this purgatory of figuring out where you're going to live, where you're going to play, and we don't really have answers. I right. mean, the Las Vegas Raiders feels like something I would have cooked up four years ago in like a drunken Madden spree. <laughs> It seems, it seems utterly surreal, and it's happening, but it's the movement in general over the last year plus right. is really rough on the NFL, and they can, they can spin it any way they want. It, fans in general are the losers here. Well, Commissioner yeah. Roger Goodell said that it's painful to leave, and they talked a lot about how... how, 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 how points you know saying put it on me and understand. Wasn't my fault. It was, the, it was their video. Wasn't my fault. Wasn't my internet. Give your list to next. Okay, so their video, it's busted. It's not my internet. Yeah, uh, weirdly, weirdly enough, this was made by the NFL Network and people by the NFL Network, and weirdly enough, they they gave a pretty a pretty solid, fair point. And what is solid? What is fair? It's my way. It's my <laughs> it's my vision. I'm like that's that's. I'm like that's that's the uh, that's the vision. That's fair. Hold on, there's so many, there's so many like takes on this too. But it's like I feel like I've butchered this. Maybe not butchered this, but I feel like I've beaten this like to death. Like, I feel like there there's no more room for any more you know perspectives because we've pretty much hit everything. So um yeah. Uh, Raiders, uh, you know, it sucks that they're moving. Uh, fuck the NFL for pretty much being money-grubbing bastards and uh, for putting the Raiders fan base through that. I, If you're a Raiders fan, don't go to the, any of the football games. And I think that a lot of Raider fans, surprisingly enough, as much as people want to give Raiders fans the uh, the credit, uh, they're fucking outlaws, man. Like, I don't I don't see that. Like, they're not choir boys. They're not going to be – they're not going to lap up the NFL. Again, they're not going to be like, you know what? You know what? We're a bunch of Raiders fans, and we're going to go to the Raiders games all the way in Las Vegas. It's like, they're not going to do that. They're not going to tailgate. They're not going to do any of that mess. What they're going to do is they're just going to go. They're going to they're gonna stay at home, and they may not even watch the football games. And like they were saying in, in the NFL Network video, like they were saying, at that point in the 2017 season, the Raiders were good. 
they were good. I think Derek Carr got hurt again. But remember, they had Khalil Mack, who they traded away. They had Amari Cooper, who they traded away. I think they had Cook, who they released. And uh, they had Marshawn Lynch going in, and he was playing for the final years in Oakland. But now they have that running back. Imagine if they had Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack. Imagine that. Imagine they had kept those dudes. Because to me, I thought that at first, John Gruden, the whole plot with, with, um, with trading away those guys, it, it had worked. I'm looking at it now almost two years later, and I'm like, that didn't work at all. Well, I mean, uh, it kind of, well, they still got one more draft pick for Khalil Mack, but I'm like, that didn't, that didn't really work that as, as well as I thought it was. Like I, thought that they, they, like, I thought they were going to be better, but they're not. They're kind of worse without them, which, I mean, that's, that's not that big of a surprise. Oh, man. Speaking of worse without, I'm going to save some of this stuff for later. This is this is definitely, I mean, we're already an hour and 40-something minutes in, and I'm not even halfway done with some of the stuff I got to talk about, and especially the Luke Keekley retiring. Let me, uh, let me cover this first. He's 28 years old. He doesn't have a history with injury. With injuries, he's pretty healthy. What's his contract like? 2020, he's an unrestricted free agent. Why did he retire? He's 28 years old. Hold on. Here, here's here's the video. Here's the video. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't play the fucking video. Why the fuck can't I play the fucking video? Fuck. Okay, I'm on your website. Here it is. So, did you see it? It's kind of hard to miss. Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting an advertisement here. <clears throat> here we go. Luke Keekley is stepping away from football. I'm on the official Panthers website because their Twitter is broken or something. I don't I don't know. Here we go. I've been fortunate enough to have the opportunity to play um, this game since I was in fourth grade and. I've been with the Panthers now for eight years, and it's never the right time to step away, but now is the right time for me, and it's a tough decision. I've thought about it a lot, and I think now is, is, is the right chance for me to, to move on, and it makes me sad because I love playing this game. I've played it since I was a little kid, and it's my favorite thing in the world to do, and the memories I have from this place and this organization and playing on the field with these guys, they'll never go away, and sitting right now in the linebacker room and the amount of memories I've had from this room alone could fill a book and and these are the best times of playing obviously on the field is awesome but the, some of the best times of playing this game are behind the scenes in the locker rooms in these meeting rooms on the buses traveling the games 
you can't replicate that anywhere else and that's why this is so hard to do to move on in a different direction but in my heart I know it's the right thing to do and it's hard but that's why you play this game to form relationships and if you form strong relationships they never go away um, it's hard but I hope to you know still be involved in some way and the biggest thing at this point now is to thank the people that have helped me get me there from the coaches and the players to Coach Rivera to Marty um, to Mr. Richardson for bringing me in and now Mr. Tepper now. This decision has nothing to do with, with new coaches and Coach Rule. He's going to do a fantastic job. His track record's proven, but for me now is the right opportunity to, to move in a different direction. And you know, there's only one way to play this game since I was a little kid is, is to play fast and play physical and play strong. And at this point, I don't know if I'm able to do that anymore. And that's the part that is the most difficult is. I still want to play, but I don't think it's the right decision. So. thought about it for a long time and I think now is an opportunity for me to step away with 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 what's going on here I think we've got a really good linebacker room I think Shaq and those guys are going to step and do a tremendous job um, I just want to say thank you to the coaches the players the support staff the training staff everybody involved with this organization has been the best from top to bottom since that day I got here the fans have been fantastic They've supported us. They've traveled. When we've been good, they've been great. When they've bad, when we when we haven't been great, they've been equally as good and very supportive. And that's the best thing about this city and this town is is people love the team and people love the players. And that goes a long way because when you love the players for who they are, I think it transcends the game, and and that's what's important. And and most of all, I'd like to take thank my family, mom and my dad, Eileen and Tom Keekley, my two brothers, John and Henry, and my girlfriend, Shannon. They've been with me since the beginning. They've been very supportive, um, and, I'm, and I'm happy to share this journey with them. So thank you, Panther fans. Thank you, everybody in the NFL, for your constant support. And now it's time to move in a different direction. That was uh, Luke Keekley on his retirement speech I I 28 years old easily one of easily the best linebacker in the league uh there was a very very short stint where it was between him and Sean Lee but I mean he he was pretty much like a healthier version of Sean Lee uh in his prime where essentially like Sean Lee was he Sean Lee was was I'm trying to think of a linebacker that was similar to Sean Lee but Sean Lee was he's still I mean he's still playing potentially but Sean Lee is a football player that can read offenses kind of like how a quarterback can read defenses he can point out which routes guys are running he's the leader of the defense point out which wise uh, which routes guys are running, protection schemes, stuff like that, even play calling. He can under, and Luke Keekley was better at it than Sean Lee. It gives the defense a incredible advantage. It, he all, obviously he was, I mean, he was everywhere when it came to tackling, led the league in tackling for linebackers since entering the league. Over a thousand 
tackles in eight years. That's a lot of tackles. I don't. I, I, I didn't see this one coming. I thought he was going to play. I, I He, he kind of mentions that he feels like he can play, but he doesn't think that it's the right decision for him. Um, I, I, I don't really want to infer because, you know, uh, may, maybe some more information will come out. I don't really want to, you know, infer his words or whatever or take his words uh, out out of contacts or, or whatever, but it sounds like to me, maybe he was dealing with some, I mean, this, this is one of the healthiest linebackers in the league. And I don't, I don't necessarily know um, if he was out. I didn't really follow the Panthers that much. I don't know if he was out or not, but he, he was one of the healthiest linebackers in the league. You know, maybe his body took a toll. I, I, I don't know how, I, you know, a lot of things can, can happen in the back, in, in the background that I don't know about that nobody knows about. You know, may I again? I don't want to infer anything, but when you're playing that position, when you're playing the linebacker position, it's not just that you're going to hit people; is that you're going to take some shots as well. So, I he was a great football player. He was a great football player. I think Darius Leonard I think it was Darius Leonard it was between him and Darius. I I I I can't say definitively who was better Darius who you know currently right now Darius Leonard or Luke Keekley but I mean either way I I think I I think Luke Keekley was in the top 2 top 3 at his position. Uh, when he retired, and I feel like if he had played a couple more years, he probably would have been in the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to infer anything about the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule, even though I will talk a whole lot about Matt Rule going in to the podcast later on. But I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take him at his words. I'm not going to take anything. You know, he, it's not on the coaching staff or whatever. And I think he's being honest and sincere about that. Um, I, I, I have no idea why he retired besides, you know, what he said and said, you know, well, you know, I feel like I can still play, but I don't think this is the best decision, uh, in, in, in his personal opinion. And, you know, in, in my opinion, I felt, I felt like, let me, let me check his numbers. Let me check his stats. Hold on. Let me check his stats. Let me compare his numbers to Darius Leonard's numbers. Did he play all season? It looks like he did. What are Darius's numbers? Okay. Yeah. Dar- okay. Okay. So Luke Keekley Luke has, I think, 144 combined sacks. I think, not sacks, excuse me, tackles. Combined tackles. He has 63 assisted tackles and zero sacks, it looks like, on the season, but he's a linebacker. Darius Leonard, five sacks on the season, 50 assists, 124 tackles, it looks like, assisted tackles, or combined tackles, excuse me. I mean, based upon his numbers, besides the sacks, I mean, Keekley's better, but he doesn't rush the passer. So... I, th- I think the best, I mean, 
it's kind of like Andrew Luck. You know, Andrew Luck retired this season because of his injuries. I don't necessarily know how his body is feeling, how Luke Keekley's body is feeling. Again, I'm not I'm not going to try and infer or anything like that. But, you know, at this time, I feel like he's still one of the best linebackers in the league. Um, his play did not fall off whatsoever. 144 tackles, 130, 125. In fact, since 2016, his his numbers have gone up when it comes to tackles. He had two interceptions this year. He had two sacks last year, but he doesn't gain. He doesn't get sacks. Over a thousand tackles. It it sucks. He he is one of he is one of the to me he he's the best linebacker in the league. To me, if right now there's nobody better. You know, there's Deontay Hightower, there's Luke Keekley, there's Darius Leonard, there's Quan there's a lot of dudes in the league right now that are great. Luke Keekley Keekley, excuse me, his name is hard to enunciate. I think Luke Keekley is probably one of the best linebackers if in the league, if not the uh the best linebacker in the league. I know he just retired today, but still, I think I think right now he's still the best. Hopefully, he's okay. Hopefully, he has a long and happy career outside of the NFL. Hopefully, he has a long and happy life. He deserves it. I always talk about on the podcast how NFL players, they're like Spartans. They're like warriors in the Roman Coliseum fighting and maiming them and hurting themselves for our entertainment, for our pleasure. You know, and it's an absolute privilege to be able to, you know, to be able to watch some of these guys play sports professionally because, you know, they're, they may not be the same going out of the sport as they were going into it. So it, that sucks. That sucks. All right. Got a couple more stuff to talk about here today. As a matter of fact, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to save the Matt Rule stuff for later, uh, for for you know for a couple more minutes. I'm going to talk about a couple of things. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk about horrible organizations, horrible teams, horrible coaches. Right? That's kind of going to be the theme for the next. I don't know, maybe 30, 40 minutes of the podcast. And I think for starters, we're going to look at the Houston Texans. Um, I don't like the owner. I don't like the owner at all. I don't like who the owner is. I don't like. Um, I, I I don't like what he's done. I don't like how he has kept Bill O'Brien as the head coach for a number of years. Let me actually look at the Houston Texans record. I don't like what he's done in the past couple in the past decade or so. Not decades, two decades. Excuse me. Okay, how many 10-win seasons do they have? They have four 10 and they have four 10-win seasons in uh in the year or not in the year in franchise history. They started the franchise I think in 1999, but Pro Football Reference for some weird reason only has a record of the team since 2002 to 2019. So their record is 4 and 12, 5 and 11, 7 and 9. 2 and 14, 6 and 10, 8 and 8, 8 and 8, 9 and 7, 6 and 10, 10 and 6, 12 and 4, 2 and 14, 9 and 7, 9 and 7, 9 and 7. By the way, two of those 9 and 7 teams, uh, they went to the playoffs. 
four and twelve, eleven and five, and ten and six. By the way, I, I miscounted. It's not four seasons that they went to the playoffs. It's six, so it's a little bit better. But the the uh, the owner traded away. Um, Dwayne Brown, probably one of the best left tackles in the league. For what I don't know. The reason why they traded away Dwayne Brown was because apparently uh, Dwayne Brown and the owner had differing political opinions, which it's like, well, who doesn't? And they traded him to Seattle, and the uh, the Seattle Seahawks have kind of used him, but I think Dwayne Brown is hurt, and it kind of worked out for the Houston Texans, and you know because they got Laramie Tunsil who, by the way, I've seen him play a lot this year. I think they got the short end of the stick if they gave up a first-round draft pick for Laramie Tunsil. But I'm watching Houston, and I'm like, the owner, the owner's terrible. He has no idea what he's doing with the, uh, with, with the team. If J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson did not fall into his lap, uh, the Texans, they would be an absolute dumpster fire of an organization. And as a matter of fact, they are so lucky that they got to the that they got to play in the playoffs in 2015 and 16 when they were nine and seven teams. I, as as much as people want to say, well, Dallas and the NFC East sucks. It's like, well, look at that. They went to the playoffs when they were nine and seven two years in a row. Bill O'Brien has three nine and seven seasons on his record. I have no idea how he's the head coach of that organization. No idea whatsoever. He 100%. I'm surprised it's Tuesday. I'm surprised there's no rumblings of Bill O'Brien being fired, unless I'm tripping on that. Because he might, like, there's no way that anyone can watch that game and be like, oh, yeah, he should, he should stay. Bill O'Brien, let me type him in. So a lot of articles are talking about Bill O'Brien, you know, and and how the Houston Texans would be. (laughs) This fucking moron, fucking idiotic, fucking owner. Fuck, man. Fuck me sideways on a Tuesday. Fuck, man. Holy shit. Hold on. Why the fuck is this team so bad? It's McLean, right? It's McNair? McLean. Bill O'Brien, Jack at Easterby aren't going anywhere. Coach Bill O'Brien, and this is from the Houston Chronicle. This is John McClain. He is, does he seriously quote himself as, as the source for the, for the article? John McClain, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's written for the Houston Chronicle for a numerous, for numerous amounts of years. I'm like, is he literally, it looks like he's quoting himself as, as, as the source as why Bill O'Brien isn't getting fired. Uh, 
I'm reading the article right now. I'm just like trying to skim through it as fast as I can. Why aren't they leaving? Okay, so it's just it's just like a bunch of like like just I, I I don't even know what to explain how this article I, I, I can't even elaborate this article is so fucking terrible. Like he does like he it's it's an op ed, it's an opinion editorial essentially. It's just it's just his opinion of what's going on. It's based upon like nothing. I'm like Oh my god, that was a waste of time. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck Bill O'Brien doesn't get fired after that fucking job. After what he did. After that fucking game. I have I have his record pulled up right here. He's coached for the Houston Texans since 2014. He has had three 9-7 and seven seasons. One 4-12 and 12 season. And two winning seasons. Technically he's gone to the playoffs four times. But he like it's it's eleven and but two of the seasons they went they were nine and seven. The two seasons that they won ten games, obviously that was Deshaun Watson. It's like Jesus Christ, man! Holy shit! How does this guy have a fucking job? How does he have a fucking job, man? I don't fucking get it. How does he have a job? It doesn't make sense how he still. Is coaching the Houston Texans, man. Like it, it doesn't. What? what? I, 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 I don't know, man. The fact that that the Houston Texans, as a football team, the fact that they have not gotten an offensive line for Deshaun Watson. The fact that they still have not fired Bill O'Brien. Like, I was thinking about this today. I was like, man, if they, like, Lincoln Riley's still out there. Like, he may not want to coach for, like, he may not have wanted to coach for originally for the Houston Texans, but it's like, why not? Why not? Back in your home state, there's nothing like coaching and being and living in, like, like there's nothing like living in Texas, period, end of story. I don't care if it's in the South. I don't care if it's Oklahoma or Georgia or Mississippi or L- or I keep saying LSU, Louisiana, nothing like they're like Texas. Why, why, man? Why? This owner is going to run this team into the turf. Just a terrible job, man. Could have gotten, obviously, uh, not Bill O'Brien, Lincoln Riley didn't. Luckily, you got Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt. But if I'm Deshaun, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm having to hold the football for a long period of time. I'm ha- having to extend plays, extend drives. I'm going to have to take hits. I'm, uh, I'm going to have to take some bad hits or we'll lose. Like, I think I think he should leave. I think he should leave. There's no way you can look at that football game and be like, yep, that's a great football team. That's a great head coach. They know exactly what they're doing. 
Oh my god. Jesus Christ, get that shit off my fucking screen. I don't even have a lot to talk about when it comes to Houston because it's just as simple as that. Deshaun should move off if they don't fix the offensive line. And O'Brien should get fired this offseason. We'll see if that comes, if any of that stuff comes to fruition. I'll talk about that later. I'll talk about Mahomes later on. And by later on, I mean tomorrow. We're already two hours deep into this podcast. I want to talk about a football player that I was extremely... I, I, I defended a lot. I defended him. I talked about him a lot. I looked into the police. I, 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 I actually read his, his the lawsuit that was levied against him by... Uh, this former employee read it. I was like, some of it seems weird. Some of what he says seems weird. Read it, talked about it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this dude the benefit of the doubt until the police or the courts. I'm also going to... I, I also didn't like some of the stuff that I looked at when it came to the lawsuit. But um, I'm, I'm out on Antonio Brown. I'm done defending him. I, I will not talk about him positively on this podcast. Um, I, I kind of, uh, they, they talk about the mental health issues that Antonio Brown has. And a lot of people keep saying that, you know, maybe he should go see a therapist or something like that. Let me pull up the video because I haven't seen, because you may have seen it on TV shows. You may have seen it online. I haven't seen it unedited. Let me go to AB's Instagram. Let me see it. Because I got to see this. He's hanging out with fucking Logan Paul. What the fuck? He's like, I would fight. uh, Let me fight Logan Paul. Why? What? Where is this video? I can't fucking use Instagram, by the way. What the fuck am I watching right now? I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not a huge, like, social media person. That's the video that I saw. Who is that? What the fuck am I watching? I'm just going to YouTube this shit. I'm going to go on a fucking YouTube and find this fucking video. Here we go. Awesome. Here it is. Looks like he deleted it off of his fucking Instagram. Or it's private or something. I don't, I don't fucking know. Alright. Let me look this shit up. Here we go. Come on, Polo. The fuck out of here. Fucking police can't have that. You fucking bitch has law. Get the fuck out of here, you fucking pussies. Fucking bitch. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of my property, you pussies. Fuck out of here. I love you, poppy. I love you. Go ahead and bitch ass police. Get the fuck out of here. That's his son, by the way. That's that he, he calls his son poppy. Son is like three, four years old. The other kid is looking at his dad like, what? Oh, why, why are you doing this? Why? Let's continue. Bitch ass little cop. Look at the little cop. You wish you could take me, you bitch ass nigga. Fuck out of here. 
Yeah, get in the back of the police car, fishbowl. And you ain't leaving with shit, bitch. Get the fuck out of here, you bum asshole. Try to, bitch, try to come to steal. Bitch, you're gonna leave in the police car. Fuck out of here. Hollywood police, get the fuck out of here. Bitch ass niggas, get out of here. Fuck out of here. Niggas can't even get my key. Get the fuck out of here. Bitch ass niggas. Crackers, man. These crackers don't get no justice for no nigga, man. Fuck out of here. The fuck out of here. Get out of my property. Broke ass motherfucker. Sir, can you get the keys? Can't do nothing. Get your bitch ass out of here, man. Bitch ass nigga. No, you want to take me to make the news. Congrats, you made the news, bitch ass nigga. The Bentley stays, the broke hoes goes. Fuck out of here, little man. Little man. Fuck out of here. Get out the get off the AB rest. Get the fuck out of here. Bye, little man. Bye, bro. Get your bitch ass out of here. See you, bro. Get your bitch ass out of here, bro. Get your bitch ass, nigga. Get out of here. Can't, ain't no justice for the real, you heard? Richard Fuss still ducking 12. Broke out, thought she got a billy. Let me hit the lawn. Broke out, try to come over here and steal. Fuck out of here. Never trust the police, man. Fuck out of here. Hollywood police, the fuck out of here, nigga. Bitch ass, nigga. It's a whole block long, nigga. It's a whole block long. You heard me back it up. Hey, it's a whole block long, man. The fuck. The Bentley says the broke ass hoes go. <laughs> no, all right. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> I'm like, that's 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 real. That's real bad. That's uh, I I I don't know the context for it. Uh, like everybody talks about how bad that is. I don't know the full context of it. I don't know if he if because no, like it's it's ironic. Even though, even though that's terrible, even though that looks bad, it's like, why, why were the cops called anyways? Did anyone like, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not even on his side, but it's like, I, I gotta ask this question. Why were the police at his residence? Like, why, why, like, why? Cause she did the, his, his, his ex, the mother of his children, she did like leave in a cop car. Like they got into the back and they left in the back of the cop car. Like. Like he could fucking lose his kids over that. Like the judge could be like, "You're you're not like." I I don't know the legalities of it, but it's like the judge could be like, "Well, that's you know that's fucked up. That's not a healthy home." You know, you're cursing at your mom. You're cursing at the police. Everybody was like, they called they called the uh, they call. I don't say the n word. I'm black. I don't I don't say the n word. <clears throat> even though I sound even though I sound white. A lot of people are like, 24, you sound white. 20, I get offended. I'm like, well, how am I supposed to sound? I'm black. I grew up around a bunch of white people. I went to private school, right? I didn't play sports. I, I, I was a speech and debate and a debater. How do you think I sound? How do you think I talk? It's not my fault I talk this way. Literally, I'm playing Apex Legends. A black dude is like, dude, you sound white. I'm like, well, what does sounding black sound like? Take, I, I get a little bit offended. I get a little bit chippy. I'm like, come on, man. You're trying to exclude me? Exclude, uh, exclude 24? Trick, trick, please.
Anyways. Uh, I'm I'm done on AB, man. I'm out. I'm out. I can't. I can't co-sign that horse shit. I can't co-sign that. Like, my parents are divorced. My parents, they didn't do, like, my, like, I, I live with both of my parents. I lived with both of my parents until I was, like, 18. My parents were divorced when I was, uh, like, the Wednesday after prom. I think prom was on Saturday, so it was, like, the Wednesday after prom. And I was, like, 18 years old, and living with them in that house was so toxic, man. And I was, like... I can't, I can't co-sign that shit. Like he's, he's got to go, man. I can't, I can't deal with that. I think I like, if, if I'm an NFL team, man, I, man, I, I, I don't know, man. You know, I've, I've defended him on a lot of stuff. I've defended him on a lot of things. But man, I I can't defend him on that one. That fucks up his kids. That doesn't. There's a difference in screwing up your own life. There's a different. There, there's a difference. I don't. I, a lot of people think that he apparently needs help and a lot of people think that he needs, um, he needs like, you know, like a counselor or something like that. I, I think he does. I, I, I think he does. I don't know. That's, that's not putting your children's best interest at heart, man. You got to stomach something. You got to, if she let, like, let's say, cause apparently, apparently the, uh, the situation is, is that she may have stolen a vehicle from him. Apparently that's, that's the whole, it's the whole tiff, right? Apparently he stole, she stole something from him, right? Even if that's true, even if let's say she did steal something from him, like you still, like you, you still gotta be, you, you call the cops, right? Like just, just like, just like, like, come on, come on, call the cops. Like, like you don't have to be overly mature. Just like, just freaking, like, don't do that in front of your kids. You know, that's my issue with that. I, 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 I don't know, man. And I think it's like they got to do that forever. Like he, he, like he, he, he and the woman they had a kid. They had two kids, maybe three. I think they got two. how many kids. The woman was carrying how, how many kids? The- hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So there she is. So they're putting one kid inside. They're putting another inside. They got two kids. Antonio Brown says, "I love you, Poppy." And then they go into they go into the freaking uh, they go into the freaking I don't know the uh, the freaking car. I think that I think it's all three. There's three fucking kids, man. Like, all in the car with the mom. Shit, man. Like, 
Antonio Brown throws bags of dicks at baby mama in police showdown. What? Hold on. What's what's this? I'm I'm on his Instagram right now. Hold on. Champ, you want to say something to AB directly, face to face? I know he's a hard worker. I know. All right, so that that's just sucking him off. Fuck, fucking AB, man. I'm I'm out, man. I'm I'm done. I I'm not. This this guy is impossible. I'm done defending him. I'm done. Will he get back into the league? Yeah, I I think so. I think a team is gonna take a shot at him. But um, at the same token, it's like. I, the NFL, they need to, they need to tell him what's going on. They need to give him his suspension because he's probably going to get one. Um, and I wouldn't blame the NFL for it, but I don't, I don't, I don't see him getting in the league this year at all. I don't see him potentially going next year. Too much time and energy has been wasted talking about this this guy I'm, I'm i'm out i'm done i don't know i i don't think he did the rapes but and one of them i don't even think was I, like but but this i i can't co-sign i'm i'm out i'm out that that's that's proof that's evidence that'll fuck him up i'm out moving on we got a we got a couple more things to talk about. I'm going to talk about this. Actually, I'm not going to talk about. It. I'm going to talk about this. So, qualified and unqualified coaches in the league. A lot of head coaches have been hired in the past couple of uh, weeks, like this week, that last week. The Browns they just hired the offensive coordinator for uh, from the Vikings. Dallas obviously hired Mike McCarthy. The Carolina Panthers hired uh, Matt Rule. The Giants hired Joe Judge. Right. Uh, Washington hired Ron Rivera. Bill O'Brien potentially going to get fired. I don't know. Didn't read the full article because I he he quoted himself. So, what does the, all of that stuff mean for some of these teams? Well, to me. You have a whole bunch of unqualified head coaches coaching now in the league. A lot of unqualified head coaches. I hated the Joe Judge, Matt Rule, and now I hate the offensive coordinator for the Vikings. I'll get into why in a couple of minutes. But I hate all these hirings. I hate them all. Besides, obviously, Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy. Those are qualified hires. By qualified hires, I mean, you got to show them. What's your resume say about you? What does what did you do at X position at X place that that shows me as a fan that you can get the job done in this new place? And to be honest with you, I can't tell you I can't tell you tell tell you why any of these dudes were hired. I really cannot. Period. Most of these guys are severely unqualified in the league. Most of them are. There's really not one that I could even point to that's qualified. <coughs> and by these guys, let me be as clear as I possibly can be. I'm talking about the Browns, 
the Carolina Panthers, and the Giants. I cannot, for the life of me, tell you why any of those guys has a head coaching job within the NFL. And everybody is quoting the Matt Rule, the, the, the Rooney Rule, where apparently you have to interview a, a black coach to a certain, you know, it's a rule where it's like, it's kind of like a token rule where it's like, you know, you got to interview a black coach, you got to give him an opportunity. But most of these dudes aren't even getting considered. Now, I'm not one of these types of guys that's like, you got to hire black coaches, you got to hire, all I care about is qualifications, right? That's what I care about. Because everybody's like, well, I think Chris, Chris Richard should get a head coaching job in the NFL. I don't think so at all. I don't think Chris Richard should be a head coach in the league. As a Dallas Cowboy fan, I'm saying that. You look at Seattle, you look at what they what they did a year after he was there, and then two years after, pretty much the same deal. You look at what he did in Dallas. One season, best defense, pretty much in the league, top five, top ten. Next season, they played like they were unprepared every single week. I cannot explain how that football team the Dallas Cowboys defensively look so unprepared on a weekly... I can't explain it. I cannot explain to you how unprepared they were every single week. But that's essentially what happened. They looked unprepared because probably they were unprepared. I'm not going to lie to you on that. So I don't think Chris Richard should get a job. I think some of these guys in Tampa Bay, they should get shots. Obviously, they have Jameis Winston, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. But Jameis had his quote-unquote best season... Most touchdowns, most yards, most interceptions. But I think that's more Jameis than the head coaching staff. And obviously some people are going to say, well, Bill O'Brien. But look at who who they brought over from Tampa Bay. Not Tampa Bay. Not from Tampa Bay, excuse me. But to Tampa Bay. A lot of black coaches. A lot of them have bolstered up that defense. A lot of them have made that offense really run really, really well. I like a lot of the head coach, Not the head coaches, excuse me. A lot of the coaching staff from Tampa Bay. Nobody's talking about those guys. I think they deserve a shot. Give them a chance. Not Chris Richard and not Marvin Lewis. Especially not Marvin Lewis. A guy who was perpetually a a, a, a losing head coach within this league. Didn't go to, excuse me, he went to the playoffs a lot. Didn't win anything in the playoffs. I love qualifications. I don't want my head coaches to be hired based upon their race. That includes African-Americans, by the way. And I don't want head coaches. And and Jake Tapper, the Carolina Panthers head coach, he was talking about Matt Rule. And one of the reasons why he's like, you know what? I'm going to hire Matt Rule because I sweat a lot and he sweats a lot as well. What? Like, that's one of the things that he said as to why he hired Mike McCarthy. Excuse me, not Mike McCarthy, Matt Rule. Signed him to like a six, seven year deal. These are the people that are selecting the head coaches of the league. Oh, you know, I'm going to select him because I sweat a lot and he sweats a lot as well. Terrible timing for Luke Keekley to retire because it just adds on to the clusterfuck that is now Carolina. I, 
Don't, don't talk to me about how he fucking turned that shitty organization in fucking Baylor in Waco into a program that's supposed to do its fucking damn job and be a ranked team in the freaking NCAA. Because I don't give two shits about that. If you're if you're clapping it up because he turned like that's like me trying to that's like that's like me being like whoa UT is ranked UT is like the most pay expensive college program in the freaking United States of America they have like one of they they put the most money they put I think they I think as a college program they put the most money into that program on an annual basis they're supposed to win freaking football games and they don't they're supposed to be a ranked team Waco. Baylor, you're supposed to be a ranked team. You're supposed to be a ranked team. Scandalous or not, you're supposed to be ranked. If you're not ranked, it's your freaking fault. So I I, I really have no feelings about I, I Not feelings. I, I really don't care about the Carolina Panthers. I don't care because it's a fucking terror. It's a joke. The fact that nobody is interviewing Lincoln Riley or Urban Meyer is a joke to me. It's like, oh yeah, you know, not just, you know, don't just interview the best head coaches in the in the entirety of college. Let's just interview a guy that the media fabricated. I literally I'm going on people's Twitter. Like I, I've, I've been going on, I've been, I've been doing, you know, I've been, I've been not like that Twitter researcher, right? I'm looking at people's tweets and every single time I hear, I, I go on somebody's Twitter. I'm like, oh yeah, this person loves the, uh, the, what's it called? I'm, I'm not going to say who these people are, but I'm like, this person loves the, uh, the, the rule hiring. And I'm like, why do you love the, the rule hiring? Oh, he's a great leader of men. So Christian McCaffrey, Eric Reed, and when Luke Keekley was there, and even Cam Newton for that matter, for some extent, oh, those guys, they're not leaders of men? Hmm. Hmm. None of those guys. They don't lead guys. Because the issue for Carolina, it's not that you need a leader. It's that you need a guy that's going to win you football games and be a better offensive head coach. That's that's what you need. And the fact that he hired Matt Rule or Mike what I, I don't give a damn what his name is. Matt, Matt Mike Rule whatever the hell his name is. The fact that they hired this guy that took over a Baylor organization that literally did exactly what they needed to do from Jump Street and they're like they're applauding that as if he did something great. I think is ridiculous. I think it's a joke. It's the bare minimum. It's scraping the bottom of the barrel to do what? What is the plan here? It looks like Carolina's in full rebuild mode, ladies and gentlemen. Carolina is officially irrelevant. (coughs) And let's just go out and hire a bunch of unqualified dudes to coach these multi-billion dollar teams. Yeah, that's going to be great. That's going to be a great idea. It's not about, for me, it's not just about hiring black coaches because that's a part of it. It's also hiring these, un, if you hired Lincoln Riley, not a peep from me. If Carolina was like, we're going to hire Lincoln Riley, not a peep from me. The fact that they didn't even interview him or think to interview him and they got some dude 
named Matt Rule is disgusting to me. How are you not going to interview the best offensive mind in all of college football? How are you not, especially considering that you're going to have a new guy, If you're because Jake Tapper is looking for any excuse to get rid of Cam Newton. It's like, you, you know you're going to draft a guy. Where the hell is Carolina drafting? Where are they drafting? They're, they're going to pick seventh. So you got a shot at one of these guys, right? Excuse me, let me let me go to the go to the 2020 draft. Cincinnati, Washington, Detroit, New York, Miami, Los Angeles, the Chargers, and then Carolina. Literally one of those teams that I just mentioned, two of those teams, Cincinnati and Miami, both of those teams are going to get quarterbacks. You're going to be in the top seven, and you're going to get probably a quarterback. Depending, you know, you you, you may want to get a quarterback. Maybe it's Herbert. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's uh, what's his face. Well, it's probably not Hurts because Hurts uh, he plays kind of like Cam Newton, so they may not necessarily want to go after Hurts. So maybe Herbert. <coughs> Excuse me, Herbert is going to go to the Panthers. Two is going to go to the Dolphins, and Burrow is going to go to the Bengals. I, I got I got a lot of issues with I got a lot of issues with that coaching selection in in Carolina. That has got to be one of the stupidest coaching decisions I've ever seen in my entire life. Hopefully it works out for them. And you know maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe maybe I'm like it's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then it's like I'm like hopefully it works out for them. No, it's you know I'm not wanting them to fail, but I'm like. Better better options available to you. But then worse yet, I'm looking around with Carolina. I'm like, Tapper wants to get rid of Cam. Luke Keekley, unfortunately, just retired. They are going to run Christian McCaffrey into the ground. And I think I talked about this on one of my podcasts a couple of months ago. I talked about how, you know, if you're in one of these divisions with one of these old quarterbacks that are going to be Hall of Famers, like the Steelers, uh, the Patriots, the the Saints, you want a young quarterback now when they're at the tail end of the, even, even uh, in the NFC North with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, you want a guy now. So that way, when you leave, when they leave, when... Tom Brady leaves and and Drew Brees leaves and all these other guys when they leave that young quarterback is going to soak up and become that power vacuum or become that space excuse me within that power vacuum because Tom Brady's dominated his division for the last couple X amount of years so guess what now the Bills they look like the best team to dominate that division okay Breeze, he's going to leave in the next couple of years. Question marks all across the board. Roethlisberger, he's about to leave. Oh, Lamar Jackson, he seems pretty good. We'll talk about him in a couple of minutes. But you want a young guy, and some of these guys, like some of these some of these teams, it's like, listen, you want your young guys now. Get them now, so that way when they leave, they'll be ready to dominate their division. 
That's the Matt Rule hiring. I haven't even gotten started on Joe Judge and the Vikings offensive coordinator. Who should I start off with? You know, I'll save the best for last. We'll talk about Joe Judge. You'd never hire a New England Patriots assistant ever, ever. You know, it seems smart in the moment. It really, really does. But when you look at the history, none of them, and I mean none of them, have had long-tenured success. Bill O'Brien, look at how bad he is. Josh McDaniels, Brian Flores, Matt Patricia is one season away from being fired. If Detroit, if they don't fire Matt Patricia next year, and if he has, what was his record since going to Detroit? Because the issue last year with the Detroit Lions was that the Detroit Lions, they didn't have the players that fit under Mike McCarthy's umbrella because he was trying to introduce the Patriot way in Detroit. The Detroit players were like, we're not about the Patriot way, we're about Detroit way. We're not in the New England Patriots, we're the Detroit Lions. So he's like, all of y'all can kick rocks. I'm going to find my own players. He got his own players. What's the Detroit Lions record for the last couple of years? I'm going to pull it up right now. Hold on. What's their record? Clicked on the link three times. Show me the damn record. Three and 12 and six and 10. They got worse this year. I know Stafford was hurt. I know he was hurt. But even when he wasn't hurt, they were six and damn 10. So obviously the scheme now is, you know what? We got to hope for, for what's his face? Oh my God! For uh, for Stafford to be healthy, for everything to go our way, to Kenny, Kenny Galladay to be there, and uh, we'll go six and ten. He has not had I like like to be honest with you. If I was the the G, I, I would I would give him one more year because you know it took him a year to get his players. It took him you know Stafford was hurt, but I am so close to pulling the trigger. As soon as this season is a losing season, I'm firing the gun and he's gone. Because this has been ridiculous, another failed experiment. By and and, I, and when they fight, when they hired Mike McCart, Mike Patricia, Pat Patricia, whatever the hell his name is, I'm like, why? I said he was a better head coach than Jason Garrett at one point in time. Let me see, let me check my list because I love this list. I, I love my list where I get to check my damn list. Let me make sure I'm not tripping on this. Did I crack? Yep. Did, nope. I I scratched out Matt Nagy's name. I did not scratch out Matt Patricia. I probably, where's my pen? Let me scratch it out here right now. Because he ain't better. He is probably worse than Jason Garrett. And I don't have Josh McDaniel's name on my list either. So I'm not saying he's better than, than Jason Garrett. He is worse. The fact of the matter is, I, I, I don't know why the hell I closed my damn journal. I got to open it back up again because I'm, I got to use it. What the hell are you doing, 24? But this whole notion that, Mike, that, that, that you can hire a Pats assistant head coach and he can come in and he can have similar success as Bill Belichick, as Bill Belichick did, I think is ridiculous. And on top of that, going all the way back to the Giants, the Giants, they hired the wide receiving coach. But more importantly, this dude, Mike Patricia, not Mike Patricia, excuse me, 
Joe Judge, he's a special teams guy. Special teams wide receivers, probably in the last couple of games, worst aspect of the Patriots. And I think what what I I I I don't I don't get the Joe Judge or the Matt Rule hirings because I I don't get any of their qualifications, man. I really really don't. And then we, we're going to end the, the the head coaching ridiculousness with the the Vikings offensive coordinator who is now going to be the Browns offensive coordinator or the Browns head coach. And it's like, it makes me want to freaking just, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to break my own shit, but fuck man. How the fuck do you not see Baker Mayfield and Lincoln Riley? He literally had a Heisman trophy season, his best season with Lincoln Riley. It feels like, I, I know it, it feels like, I, you know, I'm just spamming Lincoln Riley and I'm just saying Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley. It's like, gee, like, did, did you not consider him? Why would you go after the OC for the uh, for for the whatever for who is it? Who is that guy? The OC for the Vikings. Why? They do understand that halfway through last season, the Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer had to literally be like had to literally go to the to the offensive coordinator and say, "Hey, run the damn ball." And that's what they did, and they won. And they won football games this year. They were like, you know what? We're not even going to do that anymore. We're gonna, we're gonna, for some weird and inexplicable reason, I don't know how the hell they pulled this off. We're gonna get Gary Kubiak, great offensive mind. We're gonna put his behind in the offensive seat, and he's pretty much gonna be the OC. And they gave the job to a guy who has to be told by his head coach to run the damn ball. That's who you just got. And by the way, Freddie Kitchens, his whole issue was something similar. I don't get it. I say it a lot, but I don't get it. Some of these decisions are freaking layups. Some of these decisions are the easiest decisions you could possibly make. I don't know. Freaking pairing your quarterback with a guy that he had a lot of success with in college. Who does that remind you of? A guy that just got inducted into the Hall of Fame on Saturday, excuse me, on Sunday during the Packers versus the Seahawks game, Jimmy Johnson and Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman was not his head coach. Actually, that's that's wrong. Like, but technically, I was right. Jimmy Johnson and Michael Irvin, but they weren't. You know, he wasn't a head coach, or not a head coach. He wasn't a quarterback. But you get it. You know, you pair the, the old players not the old players, but the college player with the college head coach and they have success. That's what I'm trying to say. And they were like, and hey, we're not going to pair Baker with one of the smartest offensive minds in the league. Who we're going to pair him with? A guy who doesn't run the football. The issue that we had last season. Again, what are his credentials? What does he do well? Because they had to bring in Gary Kubiak and it's not like Gary Kubiak was literally standing on the sidelines of the football team. He was up in the in the box, <laughs> looking on down. What a joke! What an absolute joke! These these head coaching hirings have been have been some of the worst I've seen in a long time. Because they're gonna fail. 
They're going to fail from Jump Street. I, I don't see any of these head coaches having having much, if not any, success within the next three to four years. I really, really don't. Hire Matt Rule. He's a great head coach. And the Joe Judge head coaching, it's not that bad. Oh, wait, you know, they got the Vikings offense coordinator. God. Give me a fucking break. Got two more things I'm going to talk about. The first is Lamar Jackson. Then we're going to end with Joe Burrow. A lot of people decided to come out of the woodwork to insult, demean, deface Lamar Jackson. I always come prepared. You know I always come prepared for this type of stuff. Let me get rid of some of these tabs here. I always come prepared. But... Everybody's deciding, you know what, let's take a dumpster on Lamar Jackson. And all I got to say to those people who are wanting to take a dookie on Lamar Jackson is be prepared, be ready. Because I'm coming to get you. Make no mistake, I am coming to get you. So I'm looking at Lamar Jackson's numbers because everybody's like, you know, see, I told you, I told you, I told you. He should be, he should have been a wide receiver. He should have been a running back. (coughs) Excuse me. I like that a lot. I like it. I like it whenever people are like, he should be a running back. He should be a wide receiver. He should be that. He should be that. All right. All right. Got his numbers right here. I got all of his numbers. Got his regular season, and I got his career numbers. So I like to do this thing on the podcast called Blind Quarterback. Stole it from Colin Cowherd. He did it. We're going to compare Lamar Jackson's numbers to a bunch of other guys' numbers, just random quarterbacks, just picked them out randomly. You know, we're, we're going into the into this, excuse me, a little bit blind. Going to compare his season three stats, not a season three stats, his season two stats against their season two stats. And we're going to compare some of them, some of these guys, because they were just drafted in the last couple of years. We're going to compare their overall <coughs> <coughs> We're going to compare their overall career stats to Lamar Jackson's career stats as well. Won't that be fun? Let's get started. So, Lamar Jackson, and it's you know it's hard to compare his 2018 numbers because he only played for six games and he wasn't very good. But let's you know let's look at his season three numbers, his season two numbers. Excuse, excuse me. 66% completion percentage, 3,127 yards, 36 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 113.3 yards. But he also had 1,000 rushing yards. So even though he doesn't have the best numbers when it comes to yards, I'll take his touchdowns, I'll take his interceptions, I'll take that rushing yards, I'll take his passer rating, which is 113.3, I'll take his completion percentage, which is 66.1. I'll take all those numbers every single day of the week. Because even though he doesn't have a lot of yards when it comes to passing, he has a hell of a lot of yards when it comes to running, and that kind of compensates. Especially when he's playing in a team that runs the football a hell of a lot. So I'm fine with that. Let's compare him to another random guy. Let's compare him to, and keep in mind, by the way, keep in mind, Lamar Jackson runs the football a lot. This next guy, 61% completion percentage, lower than Lamar Jackson's, Yards, 3,024, lower than Lamar Jackson's by over 100. 
Touchdown and interceptions, 19 and 13. 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Passer rating, 84. Do you want to know who that is? It's Sam Darnold. It's it's the guy that everybody says is better than Lamar Jackson. He has a significantly worse passer rating. Remember, Lamar Jackson had over 113. Significantly worse touchdown and interception ratio. Significantly worse completion percentage and less yards. Keep in mind, Lamar Jackson runs the football a lot. Next dude up. This guy is a pocket passer that everybody is like, well, he's got to be a pocket passer. You know, pocket passing works in the NFL. Man, he's got to be a pocket passer. This guy's a pocket passer. This guy's a pure pocket passer. Check out his numbers. 53% completion percentage, 567 yards, one touchdown, five interceptions on the season, 52 passer rating. Oh my God, 24. Who is that? Was he hurt? Nope, wasn't hurt. 24, what happened? Why, why are his numbers so bad? He, he, he hasn't even thrown for five for a thousand yards, twenty-four. What the hell's going on? He did play for five games, twenty-four. Why did why why did he only play for five games? Why does he not have five touchdowns on the season? Because he got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick after Washington. That's why. It's Josh Rosen, the guy that everybody is. Is you know the guy that everybody is falling in love with, right? They they fall in love with his pass, his his ability to throw, right? Because Josh Rosen's a pocket passer. You got to be a pocket passer. Josh Rosen is a pure pocket passer. He's a backup. He's gonna back up to a next year. He's a backup. Some people go, well, he's been on a bunch of bad teams, twenty four. So glad you I'm so glad that you said that Josh Rosen was was on a whole bunch of bad teams. Cause I'm you you want to know what I'm about to do, right? I'm about to pull up Kyler Murray's tape. I'm about to pull up his numbers, and I'm about to pull up Ryan Fitzpatrick's. Let's take a look at Fitzpatrick. Let's take a look. 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 62% completion percentage, 3,529 yards, 85 passer rating. 85% passer rating. Significantly better than Josh Rosen. Easily better. And he's playing on the same damn team. Kyler Murray played on the Cardinals. Easily one of the worst teams in the NFL. 3,722 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 87.4 passer rating, 64% completion percentage. I will take that in spades comparatively to Josh Rosen's, excuse me, anemic 55.2% completion percentage, 2,278 yards, 11 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 66.7 passer rating. I will take Murray in a second. It's the quarterback. It's Josh Rosen. And everybody is like, well, you know, Josh Rosen, he, uh, 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 Lamar Jackson, he's got a, he, he's not a great quarterback because he play, he play, he plays he, like a running back. I'm like, well, I got your quarterback that plays like a pocket passer. Do you want to know what he is? Benched on the sidelines watching Ryan Fitzpatrick throw footballs. He can't even outcompete Ryan Fitzpatrick for the starting job in Miami. And Miami stinks, so that's impossible. 
that he can't beat out a, a, a quarterback that's on a horrible team. Excuse me, they don't stink, they're tanking. And they won games because of Fitzpatrick. So they're tanking terribly. They can't even lose football games correctly. They should have just put in Rosen for the rest of the freaking season. So, so, excuse me. So, so far, Lamar Jackson has beaten the guys that everybody loves, right? Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. I'm going to pull up another guy's tape. Hold on. Who's, who's this guy? 59% completion percentage, 3,827 yards, 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, 78.8 passer rating. Who is that guy? Who do you think that guy is? A guy that everybody loves or everybody hates? The guy that was yelling at the Bengals fan on Twitter, Baker Mayfield. The guy that everybody's like, well, Baker Mayfield, he's an accurate pocket passer. He's an accurate passer. Okay. All right. He wasn't so accurate last year when he had a, he had below, he had significantly below average when it comes to his completion percentage at 59.4, that his touchdown interception ratio was pretty much like Jameis Winston, pretty much a one to one, 22 to 21. Had a, he had a lot of yards. Also had a lot of turnovers, a lot of picks, and not a lot of touchdowns, especially compared to, to Lamar Jackson, who had 36 on the season. 10 more touchdowns Lamar Jackson did. 15 less interceptions. Oh, but Lamar Jackson, he should play. He should play running back, right? You know what? Let me compare Lamar to a guy that everybody loves to suck off. Let me compare him to... To, I, got, I got NFL quarterbacks that were not taken from his draft. Some people are going to say, well, 24, all of those guys are from bad, are playing on bad football teams, 24. That's not fair that you can compare them to, to bad football teams. Okay, I got guys that are actually on pretty good football teams. Let's check out their numbers. This guy has a 63% completion percentage. By the way, Lamar Jackson has 66, so it's not better. 63.8% completion, 63.9, excuse me, percent completion percentage. 4,039 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 93.1 yards. And before people say to me, well, he has almost 1,000 yards more than Lamar. Remember, Lamar was in a running offense. He ran the football a lot. His job was supposed to run the football, which is why he had has a couple hundred-yard football games. There are times where he ran the football purposely, and that's exactly what he was supposed to do, and he did it. So, of course, his numbers are going to be a little bit skewed. But when it comes to touchdown and interceptions, Lamar Jackson beats him. When it comes to completion percentage, he beats him. Passer rating, he beats him. And if Lamar Jackson probably threw it a lot more, he would probably be he would probably be over four thousand yards. Excuse me, significantly beating him, or at least close to him. Want to know that who this guy is? The sixty three point eight percent completion percentage, the four thousand thirty nine yards, the twenty seven touchdowns, the seven interceptions, the ninety three point one passer rating, all of which besides the yards are lower than Lamar Jackson's. Carson Wentz, the $100 million man, the guy that everybody loves, the guy that everybody will make excuses for, the guy that everybody doesn't criticize, the guy that everybody makes excuses for. It's Carson Wentz, ladies and gentlemen. Better overall season, more wins, better numbers, in my opinion. 
then Carson wins. I'm not done yet. Oh, I'm not done yet. Oh, I'm not done yet. Another guy. Another guy, everybody's like, well, you know, you got to pay Carson Wentz and this other guy. You got to pay him. It's not Dak Prescott, because I, I think, because I, I, I believe Dak Prescott's numbers, his yards are better. I think his completion percentage is a little bit worse than Lamar's. Let me look at Dak's numbers. Yep, it's a little bit worse than Lamar's. His touchdown to interception ratio is almost three to one, but Lamar's is thirty six to six. So it's like, it's like a five. It's like a six to one. So it's like uh, no, Dax isn't. Dax isn't on his level. Dax passer rating is worse. His yards is better. But again, Lamar Jackson he beats out Dak Prescott, my guy. But I'm like, I thought it was obvious because everybody likes to shit on Dak Prescott. But this guy, everybody, like Carson Wentz, they love to clap. They love to make excuses for. Team had a lot of promise, like the Cowboys. Team didn't go anywhere, like the Cowboys. 62.9% completion percentage. 4,638 yards, 22 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 86.5 yards. Uh, Not yards, excuse me, pass rating. Do you want to know who that guy is? It's Jared Goff. Across the board, he loses to Lamar Jackson. And by the way, let me make this as clear as humanly possible. This is this does not include running. None of these numbers, these metrics include running. They include passing. Passer rating is passing. Not running, passer rating. How well do you throw the football? Lamar Jackson has pretty much outbeaten everybody in almost every statistical category except for yards. And the only reason why he probably doesn't beat him in yards is because he doesn't need to throw it as much because they're a running football team. Beat out Jared Goff in yards as well. A guy that everybody loves, a guy that everybody, well, you got to pay him. Got to pay Carson Wentz, beat him out. Got to pay Jared Goff, beat his ass out as well. Who's Who's next? It's like Deontay Wilder. It's like I got Deontay Wilder. I'm the coach. I'm like, I'm sending Deontay Wilder out there to fight everybody. There's not a Tyson Fury in sight. It's just a bunch of 120-pound scrubs out there just waiting to get their chins exposed by Deontay. Big Lamar, Action Jackson, Lamar Jackson. This other guy is a guy that everybody likes. A guy that everybody likes to suck off as well, like Carson Wentz. Nobody's going to admit it. Nobody, you know, there, there's some people who do, some people who don't. I hate, I, I, I don't, I don't like this guy. I don't hate him. I don't like this guy. I have no idea how you paid him that much money. You know, there, he's gotten some stability in, in his team. But it's like his team also has a bunch of first round draft picks that they used to success. This guy has a 67% completion percentage, excuse me, 69% completion percentage beats out Lamar. 3,978 yards, beats out Lamar. 27 to 13 touchdown interception ratio, does not beat out Lamar. 102.0 pass rating, does not beat out Lamar Jackson. Do you want to know who that guy is? It's Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, in Jimmy's case, interestingly enough, and I looked at this, interestingly enough, his best numbers, you take away the Arizona Cardinal games. Because those are the games that A, he definitely could have lost. And B, he definitely should have lost in some nature, some fashion. Games that he he probably should have, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, he should have lost those football games. 
a quarterback who, in my opinion, is the weakest link on a team that's loaded, that's a, a, a 10-plus win team. They're, they, they got like 13 wins. He's the weak link. He's the guy that you want to go after to exploit. On a team that's on their way to the Super Bowl, potentially, he's got some inflated numbers. Especially against... I mean, he has a 70%... He played the Ravens. 70% completion percentage, 165 yards. That's terrible. He was dinking and dunking all game long. Against the Cardinals, this is when he explodes. This is when everybody's like, oh my God, he's the Jimmy Garoppolo that we thought he was. He has 75% completion percentage on both of the games, over 700 yards and eight touchdowns, two interceptions. He had great games against the Cardinals. Didn't really have a lot of great games against a lot of other teams. Oh, excuse me, against the Bengals. Barely beat the Washington team as well. Point being, Jimmy Garoppolo and all these other quarterbacks that that you know people like and people, they didn't have as good of a season as as Lamar Jackson. And I didn't even do I didn't even do Lamar J- Jackson justice. Most of those young quarterbacks like Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen, if you put their wins together, they don't equate to Lamar Jackson's total wins in the last two seasons. And Lamar Jackson played about a quarter or a third, excuse me, of the season all the way back in 2000, I think it was 18. So he only played 2000, yeah, it was 2018. He only played for like six games in the regular season. And then he had the disaster against the Chargers. So he hasn't even played a full season yet, or two full seasons yet, and he already has more wins than guys that have played two full seasons. Guys that have had the opportunity to play, not not even guys that have played two more uh, two seasons. Some of the guys' records combined, right? Some people are gonna say, "Well, he plays in Baltimore. He plays in Baltimore." Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore. Let's take a look at Baltimore, right? Before Lamar Jackson got there, because I think it's pretty fascinating. I think it's pretty fascinating. <clears throat> the Baltimore Ravens record. So, Lamar Jackson gets there. They're 14-2 and two and 10-6. and six. Before, he, before he gets there, 9-7, and 8-8, 5-11. And they missed the playoffs all three seasons. With Lamar Jackson, they're a 10-win season type of team without him. They're 9-7, and 8-8, and 5-11 and missing the playoffs. <coughs> but yeah, he should move back to the running back position, to the wide receiver position because he had a bad game. Well, most of the guys that I mentioned that are that were drafted in his draft class are having bad careers. He's gonna get better. I hope people realize that that he's gonna get better. I said he's. I, I said during the game, I'm like he he has a bad game. He's gonna. Ha- he's having a bad game right now. Said it during the football game. During the podcast, said he's having a bad game. I wasn't worried. I feel the same. Shannon Sharp said it best this morning. He said, I feel the same way. Uh, I, I feel the same way now as I did going into that playoff game. He had a bad game. 
Still think he's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. I think right now it's Mahomes, then Watson, then Lamar, then it's Dak. Or probably, I, I think I think right now Lamar had a better season than Dak. I'm, I'm very, very close, depending on you know Dak's ability, because I think Dak right now is a better passer uh, when it comes to volume right now than Lamar. But I, I would put Dak in the top five, top four of young quarterbacks. Not young black quarterbacks, but just young quarterbacks in general. It just so happens that they're all black, ironically enough. But uh, Patrick Mahomes, number one. Deshaun Watson, number two. I, I, I don't want to hear anything about Carson Wentz. I don't want to hear anything about Carson Wentz. As far as I'm concerned, Carson Wentz needs to play a freaking playoff game, not a playoff series, before he is considered in, in my top three at best. At the best, at, at that quarterback position, it's Mahomes. Then it's, uh, I mean, I mean, really, the third spot is up between Dak and Lamar. You know, I think Lamar needs more consistency. I need to see more of what he's capable of doing. But I'm happy with what I've seen so far. And if people are trying to tell me that this is the game, that only one game, that only one game I should look at this game, this, this, you know, this game, this playoff game, like this game is proof that Lamar Jackson is a terrible quarterback. I'm like, well, how about this? How about I look at the Browns game where he had 247 yards, 70% completion percentage and uh, three touchdowns. How about I look at the, uh, the Dolphins game where he, not, not the Browns because he actually had two interceptions. How about I look at the Dolphins game where he had 85% completion percentage, perfect passer rating, five touchdowns, 324 yards. Okay. How about the Rams where he had five touchdowns, 169 yards, 75% completion percentage. Or the Texans where he had four touchdowns, 222 yards, 70% completion percentage. Or the Bengals where he had 88% completion percentage, 223 yards, three touchdowns. Or the second time they played the Browns where he had three touchdowns, 300, uh, excuse me, 238 yards, 64% completion percentage. The Jets where he had five touchdowns. The Bills where he had three, et cetera, et cetera. How about I look at those games, right? Instead of just looking at the Titans. Because see, I can play that game too. I can just look at one game or hell, I can look at a whole volume of football games because as a matter of fact, he's had way better, he's had way more, excuse me, football games where he's great over bad games like the Tennessee Titan game. It's funny how people pick and choose the guys that they like and don't like. I do it all the time, but I try to be fair. I try to say, you know what? This guy had a rookie year. He's he's you know, he's he's he he gets a mercy period, right? It's hard to transition from college to the pros. Everything changes. So I give mercy. It's funny how people are like, eh, he's he, he's barely played a full season. We're not going to show him any mercy. We're not going to show him any grace. We're just going to nail this guy constantly. Every single time he does, every every single time he has a slip up. Make sure make sure you got a whole team around you to protect you because we're coming after you. That's pretty much what everybody says about Lamar Jackson, which I think is absolutely absurd that people are legitimately saying right now that Lamar Jackson should be a freaking running back or wide receiver when he literally is outplaying all of the other draft the, the draft picks that were ahead of him at the quarterback position. 
And everybody's going to say, well, what about Baltimore? What the hell about Baltimore? They didn't go to the playoffs without him. They weren't going to the playoffs without him. Don't talk to me about Baltimore and how great Baltimore is when I watched all of his freaking guys drop passes on Sunday. Or Saturday, excuse me. Don't talk to me about Baltimore when the team, the defense, didn't look ready to play. Don't talk to me about Baltimore. Sick and tired of this horse shit. Has one bad game and everybody wants to jump down his throat like he's committed a felony. All he's done is show up, show out, do his job, do what he's needed to do, win, and do it with style representing the Ravens offense and the Ravens football team. And people want to jump down in his throat and say that he's not a real quarterback. It, it, it just annoys the shit out of me when what, what people... What people will accept and what people won't accept. They love they love uh, Josh Rosen and, and Sam Darnold, who have done absolutely nothing with their careers. One of which is a perpetual backup. Love those guys. The guy that actually does something with his career, does something with his football team, doesn't have any excuses. Wins football games, hard football games against the 49ers, the Patriots, the Texans. Everybody's like, let's kill him. Let's kill him. Let's kill him because he doesn't fit our narrative, our spin on things. He's a terrible quarterback. Okay. All right. All right. Next year, next year when he can potentially throw for 4,000 yards over 30 touchdowns again, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Is that what I'm predicting he's going to do? We'll see about the draft. But if they throw, if they allow him to throw the football, he could easily have 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. Pretty much what I predicted what Dak can have. And did, by the way. Accurately predicted Dak would throw for over 4,000 yards, have 30 touchdowns. I don't want to hear it next year. I don't want to hear it next year. We'll end with Joe Burrow. I've been kind of a little bit hard on him. I feel a little bit bad. You know. You know. Not going to lie to you, I kind of wanted some of my teams to win. That's kind of why I'm a little bit upset, a little bit angry. But I'm going to swallow my pride. I'm going to going to eat some humble pie and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a real conversation about Joe Burrow. I think he's the next Patrick Mahomes. I watched that game. Let me pull not I don't even need to watch it again. I watched that game and when he rolled to his right, when he there, there were times where I saw this dude making plays. He may not have the arm strength, but he has that dynamic. Just he can stretch the field any day of the week. I mean, I was I was happy that Clemson had held him to twenty eight points and was was leading by like the Tigers were leading not, not the Tiger what what's the, the the LSU Tigers were leading by three points by halftime after being down, like not even being down, but after scoring 21 points, the final 21 points, I was like, man, like I, I, I love what they're doing. And they were leading 24, 28 to 25 at half. And that should tell you how, that should tell you how good he is. But I'm watching that football game. And all I'm thinking to myself is like, just, just stop throwing the damn football. Just hit Joe Burrow. 
They tried. They did. They sacked him a bunch of times. It didn't matter. Did not matter. Has the arm strength. Has the accuracy. I don't know if he had a pick. He didn't. But I like. I think to myself, I'm like, imagine if he had a guy that could stretch the field. Imagine if he could have somebody that could help him out. Imagine, like in the league, imagine what he could do if he had similar weapons to Patrick Mahomes. Because even though Patrick Mahomes, Patrick freaking Mahomes, he's got a burner in Tyreek Hill. He's got a bunch of track team team athletes on that football team like I think to myself I'm like all the time I'm like if he had a Patrick if he had Tyree kill like what could he do obviously he's going to need that grace year that one year deal where, where, where you know you're going to have to kind of settle into things but I'm like man like he's done everything he, he did everything right he can run he rolls to his right he's athletic like I never thought I would see another archetype like Patrick Mahomes a guy that that's athletic enough to run out of the pocket but strong enough to throw the dang on football I don't know what type I don't know if he can make every throw but I don't really care that much he can make the throws that matter the deep ball throws the mid-range the the short range he can make a lot of those types of throws he was throwing a whole lot during that Clemson game so I watched that football game and all I think to myself I'm like you should go number one overall he should go probably to Cincinnati. I don't know what their offensive line is. I don't know what their wide receiving core is. I don't know anything about that team. But if you're an NFL team and if you're considering to pass on Joe Burrow, you're going to make a huge mistake. I can't believe I turned the football game off during the football game. I was like, this is the pros, man. This is college football championship. And I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. Not that big into college football, but I love, you know, I love watching football games, but I'm like, I'm not into this one. That game, I think it cemented what he can do in the league. I I don't know. I don't know how good he's going to transfer. He's only had one year where he's this good, so maybe, maybe he kind of, you know, again, maybe he takes kind of one year to get back into the swing of things. I think he would have a I think he would have a really really nice productive year on the bench. That's probably not going to happen though. But I look at that football team. I look at LSU. I look at Joe Burrow, I'm like, "Well, he deserved the Heisman Trophy. He deserved that that accolade, that win against Clemson." I can't wait to see what he does in the NFL. Hopefully, he actually goes to a good team. <laughs> like I, I, I would, I, I think he should go number one overall to to freaking Cincinnati. But at the same token, I don't want him to go number one. Who, who actually? Hopefully, he goes to like the Colts or something. But that's that's like a dream scenario. That's not going to happen. I'm like my wildest dreams. Oh my god! Imagine if he went to the Colts. That would be absolutely to see Deshaun versus Joe like twice a year. Oh my god, that would be fantastic. It's probably not going to happen. Like the song says, it is checkout time, ladies and gentlemen. I have been 24. This has been my podcast, 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. You can find this podcast on radio, on, uh, excuse me, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Overcast, and Pocket Cast, pretty much where you can find any podcast. You can find 24's podcast. 
Thank you for tuning in to this three-hour-plus-long podcast. I know this was a long one, but I, you know, I wanted to cover a whole lot of stuff in this podcast. Until my next podcast, I hope you have a fantastic day, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.